0: Hello oh, and welcome to the wide debate, where myself and Callum, hello, um, selfishly educate ourselves every single week by reading books that people find absolutely amazing. I don't think we're always going to stick to books. I'm not sure, but this week we're doing Sapiens from cave painting to computer code. Um, what are we always going to do books on this, or are we going to do some? It's a good question.
1: I think that there's, I think there's scope for us to to sort of talk about maybe concepts or. I don't know. I'd like to have like a, a try debate uh, episode where we give something a try for like a month or something. And then we have an episode where we discuss like what we found from it. So maybe like a diet or particular, like, I don't know, like the Wim Hof method or something like that. I could be pretty That's cool.
0: That's a fucking cool idea. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. I mean, Callum's up for anything. Just let me show you before we, we go any further.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm fam- famous for not having much shame on camera.
0: <laughs> and then the other one we got of him, Where is that? Where is it? Where is it? We got a. Uh, this was off his webcam. Yeah.
1: I turned around and I saw the. I saw myself in the um in my own webcam and I was like, oh my god! I hope Mike wasn't sat there watching that because he had no context of what I was trying to do. And no. for everyone, just. For the people just listening, by the way, what we're talking about is the little promo video that I shot for the episode um, with Sapiens. <clears throat> it was pretty embarrassing, um, I'm sure. We'll we'll upload them all somewhere eventually, um, and uh, we'll try and get, get more of them out to you guys in the future.
0: Yeah, we're kind of just getting used to what we're doing at the minute, So, but we keep going. Um, I mean, this week we read a massive book, Sapiens humongous uh, history book. of humankind i mean this was a fucking monster um but it's got a lot of would you call them what the fuck moments in there
1: yeah yeah it does i would say yeah i, I actually wrote in my notes i have at least three what the fucks i went through them today and i, I counted <laughs> my, my what the fuck count was at three when i uh, which is quite a lot i haven't had that many in in Uh, a lot of the other books but i think this the way that they were described in this book made them a bit more like you know they were a bit more powerful because of the way that um that the author um you know the subject matter is kind of horrible like we'll we'll get into it in just a sec but um yeah I, I, i found this book quite difficult to get through in such a short amount of time mainly because the topics that it covered were so big and really deep that you read a part and then you're like, oh, I need to think about that for a minute. But because we're on a bit of a schedule, it's like, I need to think about that for a minute. Okay. Now I need to move on to the next part. Otherwise I'm not going to get it finished. So I found that a little bit uh, tricky with this book. I've actually read the sequel to this book as well. And um, I had exactly the same thing. It took me like two years to finish.
0: Do you think this could have been a, a four book sequence?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it could have been split into more books. I know that I I know that basically, eventually his his the books that he's written are um are basically a sequence like it would have been a colossal book the end of this book is really really close to the whole second book so i i know that he probably i think could have broken it down i would have loved to have heard a bit more about the ancient human stuff but that's that's just me because i'm a bit of a fan of like no, history was, anthropology
0: i was really enjoying it when it was on about the cognitive
1: yeah, he's, the Cognitive he's,
0: he's Revolution. Cognitive, agricultural, and then scientific. And he kind of jumped, most of the book was on the scientific revolution, whereas I think the yeah. Cognitive stuff was the most interesting part of the book. Yeah, um, I agree. I really enjoyed it. And that's where I got most of me, what the fuck's from, because some of the shit we used to do to people, to animals, to, um, I mean, we'll go through a lot of it in a minute because we put tons of notes. Uh, but most of the notes this week are kind of less, more thought points and more like, holy shit, I can't believe this is true like this used to happen type of stuff do you think everything in the book's true or do you think he made it from his own um like from his own point of view in a lot of places i noticed that like okay you you're telling us that we don't know this this and this about history but then you're telling us this is how history was um
1: yeah there's definitely like um i think there's definitely a, a lot of opinion in it you know like it's his book, so he can write what he wants. But yeah. I think, yeah, certainly like some of the things he said, clearly he has a very um, anti-religious point of view, which is, you know, fine. He's entitled to that opinion. But some of the, I don't know, some of the the ways he was coming at like religion, he wasn't particularly like, uh, you know, there was a lot of things, the bad things that religion did, but there was also like a lot of kind of interesting, I'm talking about like modern Judeo-Christian religion. Um I think he gave it a pretty a, a pretty bad rap, and I think a lot of that was kind of his personal uh, issue that he had with it. Maybe I think. Are you religious? I'm. Well, I'm not religious. No, I wouldn't say that I'm religious, but I'm going to talk about religion in a bit and and mention it. Why do you say that?
0: Because this made me super interested in Buddhism.
1: Aha yeah
0: everything else i was like i I never knew what buddhism was and i know buddhism's based on a man it doesn't it's not based on a myth it's not something where they have i don't know much about it yet. i've not read into it yet but yeah basically it's a a guy and it's and they don't pretend that it was like they don't pretend adam and fucking eve an apple off a tree and changed the world and created snakes or whatever the bullshit stories that are that we get told it's just a guy who was like proper cool as shit um and i kind of it made me very interested in, in in Buddhism because I was thinking, wow, this actually seems like a lot of the stuff he talks about is real i based on real life and it's just based on being a nice person.
1: Yeah, I mean last week, um uh Naval really put me on to like the the almanac of um Naval Ravakant really put me onto sort of rational he calls it rational Buddhism, I think, which um was quite yeah quite cool i like the way he looked at at it and obviously he doesn't necessarily believe in like reincarnation and that side of it but he's like in terms of like the happiness kind of spirituality meditation techniques and stuff he takes a lot from that i noticed a real sim uh, similarity between the way that um buddhism was presented and kind of like the way that stoicism um yep. is as well and uh, just sort of like the impermanence of external things and and how you know um the Conquering is probably the wrong word, but control of emotions or acceptance of emotions without like letting them control you. Um, I, think I thought that's that really We all, we really all need similar. to be able
0: to do that because most people are stressed out like chickens nowadays running around with, what's going on? And, and, and if you could just think, don't worry about it. And, and I, I, get, I get a lot of this. Anything to do with history where people have looked at it and, and you get the realism, I find that stops you being stressed out.
1: Yeah. Yeah gives you a bit of perspective doesn't it i think that's small. one of the things that i love about yeah i love about history i think it's, it's another thing that i love about like um one of my other hobbies stargazing going out and looking at the um stars and stuff it's so relaxing because it does just make you feel like not insignificant but it puts it into perspective how like small your problems really are when you just you're looking at the sky what... and you're like wow
0: when i uh, when i moved to spain we moved to a um we were right at the top of a mountain. So mm-hmm. we had this fucking house right on top of a mountain. Um, and outside you could see for like, I don't, I it looked like hundreds of miles. It probably was about two or three, four mile. I don't know, but you could see the mountains out over the thing. You could see the ocean out the back and you could see for miles, but the, the best thing to do, right. Because you were so high up. Okay. Was we had a roof garden. So you'd walk up this spiral staircase, right. And there was this enclosed area on the roof. Um, and you could lie there at night and you could look up. Um, and I used to go up there sometimes when I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, the amount of stars that you could see and the amount of things you could see up in the sky from that one position was unbelievable. And and, and I remember saying to me, Mrs, it doesn't look real. I've never seen a sky like it when we first moved there. And I think it was because we were so high up. Um, we were right, right, and I mean, right up the top of the mountain. I remember, um, getting drunk one time and having to walk home and and it took me about three hours to get up this mountain and it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was I bet. So awful. The
1: um, um it's uh I think what it probably was was the light pollution. I mean you, you were in quite a rural part of Spain, right? You obviously in the mountains there's not a lot of um light pollution. So where you were high up with no light pollution, you were able to like see pretty pretty far. Yeah there far. was there was nobody. There was my there some hills
0: there was a row of, of of houses at the top of this mountain, about I don't know fifteen in total, maybe. And then there was nothing for miles around us, like there was yeah. just these few people lived at the top of this mountain. Um, we go up.
1: We go up to uh, me and a friend go up to the the hills by the uh, the white horse um thing on the side of the hill. For those who don't know, there's like a chalk white horse um carved kind of or you know drawn on the side of a hill um close to where we live. Um, and it's a you know, people look at it as a bit of an attraction there's a hill next to it with a bench and when you go up there at night you can see the milky way it's amazing it looks like this uh, it looks like a river in the sky it's fantastic and um, fun fact which will probably lead us into talking about sapiens is that in a lot of sort of archaic old religions people believed that the milky way was the river of souls if you've heard of the river of souls before people thought that that's in, in Greek in Greek mythology and stuff, there's like the River of Souls that you have to pay the uh the ferryman to take you across into the underworld and stuff like that. Um that's super, super old. And they uh, put it,
0: coins on their eyes.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. That's a Roman thing, I think. Yeah. But yeah, putting coins on people's eyes was to pay the ferryman to take them across the River of Souls, I believe. I think that's where it comes from. Um and uh yeah, so that's where that's where the River of Souls comes from um, was the Milky Way.
0: I've just realised, looking at the notes, we're going to start today on a super negative, aren't we?
1: We are. I, I'm glad we've had this like ten minute little warm up chat before because it's going to get it's going to start in a pretty heavy place. And um... what's the word I've said in the last two podcasts? <laughs> <What's the word? laughs>
0: you don't even like to. You words. can't.
1: You can't force me to say it.
0: <laughs> no, uh, but the first point makes us realise what cons we are.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah Real you see badly. you can you can say it but like my name's on this there's a chance you know if you fire me next week <laughs> i have to look for another job someone's gonna <laughs> you
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> true <If> someone's <laughs> gonna look me up yeah they're gonna look not... me up and be like uh all right Callum calum roy let's look him up and they're gonna just see me dropping c-bombs on on live youtube debates
0: yeah but why do you care
1: i, d- oh, I don't know man I don't know I don't why care. I care.
0: I've never cared. I guess it's. I guess that's a.
1: I think it's I'd, I'd probably from from my mum. I would say if I was gonna get like psychological and Freudian about it, it's probably because you know my my mum cares quite a lot about social stuff. She wouldn't be. She's one of those people that's like keep up appearances. Like you, people will think you're crazy. I think people will think you're mad. Like if she no, saw me but... like eating the banana on the um. <laughs> on the uh promo thing <laughs> we did she'd have her head in her hands <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why yeah. i enjoy doing that because it's like a little escape
0: and just so people know i did not ask callum to do that callum literally sits in the office eating a banana studying just like yeah man
1: that. every but day let's
0: do, should we jump onto the notes let's get it right so the first bit's gonna be I, i'm actually scared of clicking it um i'm a little bit like oh my god should we even share the first yeah it's up Cruelty to animals because they mean nothing, right? So basically, this this was one of my notes, wasn't it? Yes. Pig, no, pig nose and eyes. I've put cows <laughs> kill children for milk, chicken weeks or months due to weight, right? So my notes are very, very like, so I remember what they are. So cruelty to animals because they mean nothing. Because we look at ourselves like we're a different race. And it's like, oh, everything evil and cruel that we do is acceptable. People all pretend they're nice people and they're lovely. And we think it's acceptable because we've, kind of taught ourselves to believe that animals were put there for us. Um, I think I put a note in later on, but if we take away all of our technology and everything else that we've currently got, cars, houses, and droppers in 10,000 years ago, we're the same as all these animals. We're just on the exact same path. Now, if you give us all back, we're still the same as all these animals. We just think we're better. Anyway, um, but some of the things that we've found out that, that, that have been done throughout history was the pig nose and eyes one was, I don't know if you read this bit about where they slice the pig's snout like this or this so it hurts every time they sniff so they can't control so they can't because they can't basically survive properly without smell and then they gouge out their eyes so they become
1: yeah they so they become completely dependent pigs are really intelligent people don't um think about that when they think about pigs they often think like they're dirty animals which makes them appear kind of stupid to to some but pigs are really intelligent probably more intelligent than dogs actually um and um I think, other than whales, they're one of the most intelligent mammals on the planet. Other than us and whales, pigs are way up there. So, uh, if you are, they not a
0: mammal? Because they breathe air? Don't uh,
1: they. Yeah, yeah, dolphins as well. I would say whales and dolphins, and yeah, pigs are up there. So, really, if you if because we we base our our what's an okay animal to to eat and to exploit, and what's not an okay, what's a taboo animal to do it. So, in the West, we're dogs obviously are a protected class of animal. We wouldn't just, you know, you wouldn't just take out a dog and start eating it. Um, The same with horses in England, but in other parts of Europe, horse meat is like pretty Common. Yeah, but
0: can you can you imagine, right? So so that that we, you just put it perfectly there. Like what what these farmers do is they gouge out these things' eyes and they cut the noses. This is a standard procedure so that they can't smell because it hurts when they sniff and they can't see, so they're completely reliant on the human. Can you imagine yeah. walking down the street? To it was a couch?
1: standard procedure. That's an important no, It's not exactly. Uh,
0: I bet it is in some countries still. We're yeah, horrible. probably horrible, aren't we? But imagine walking down the street now and, and your neighbor's got a dog and it's like, why is half your dog's nose missing? Oh, well, I decided to gouge its eyes out with a spoon and then cut half its nose off so that it was completely reliant on me. And it's like, what the hell are yeah. we
1: doing? I mean, I have a problem when people um, cut the ears of their dogs to make them look tougher. Like, it's like a cosmetic change. You can, I, I have their a... They tails off as well, don't they? Yeah, so they dock their tails and they... Um, cut their ears like my i have a staffy um staffishable terrier and uh he has like these really gorgeous floppy ears they're really cute but um to make staffies look a bit tougher because it does make them look cute and slightly less threatening um they cut the tops of their ears off so their ears are just points so if you ever see like dogs with ears that are just points it's, they've had the top of their ears docked off and and you know owners that have dogs like that shouldn't necessarily be like uh, shunned because they might have just adopted a dog that has that. I do understand that. But also I think the practice is pretty gross.
0: And the other one, which this, is, this is all in the book. I think this is still standard procedure now in, in the milk industry. So the cows are basically impregnated and and they're, they're thinking for milk. And then what they do is they um, kill all the kids as soon as the babies are born and then just thingy all the milk. Another thing they said that they, that they do is they put wires around their mouths so that when they go to suckle off the mother, it, it, it like like spikes, so it hurts the mother and she moves away and doesn't allow them to think it so that they can keep the milk, not giving them to the children. And then, yeah. I mean, apparently every, the, the, I don't know how many weeks it was, I can't remember, it's about 12 weeks after being, They just keep reimpregnating him over and over again for five years and then just kill him. And it's like, yeah. just, it's sick. When, when I was reading all this stuff, I was like, oh my God, we're horrible, horrible
1: people. Like we're horrible animals industrial farming and that kind of that kind of agriculture is heavy it's really heavy when you look into it it's like oh like people say don't they have slaughterhouses had glass walls everyone would be a vegetarian
0: um yeah well my uh, my missus we we put some on because i said to my missus this is disgusting this i don't know if it's true so we put some on netflix and it's shown up and there was a thing with a load of sheep's heads on it on a thing and loads of chickens and the way it was all set up and my missus is like i'm not eating meat again and she hasn't eaten meat since except she did accidentally eat a sausage roll not realizing that sausage rolls were meat um but she's like i'm not eating meat anymore but again with the chickens it's again it's if they get to size within is it three months they get to full size so that's when they kill it yeah
1: yeah and from a from a, a business point of view it makes sense doesn't it like if a chicken lives for five years but it grows to maturity in in three months or three weeks then why feed it for the remaining for the remaining like four years just kill it when it gets to the maximum size you get the maximum amount of out uh, of you know it's it's economical uh, and that's gross when you're dealing with life forms um oh alden says uh we're talking about intelligent animals and says and white mice according to the hitchhiker's guide of the galaxy alden bjj and hitchhiker's guide my my man um, <laughs>
0: i've never read that book but apparently um when i was watching a video with elon musk on it and he said this was his favorite book because it's kind of got something to do with all of everything wrapped up in a comedy so that people think it's a comedy, but it's not. I'm, I wouldn't mind reading this actually one time.
1: Yeah, should, you should read it. It's, it's only short. It's very, very short. Um, it's my dad's favorite book too. I read it uh, recently. It's, it's very good. It's
0: we could probably good. do two in a week then. Um, in fact, we've also reached out to a couple of authors. Um, we've got a few authors that's going to start coming on with us eventually over the next few weeks that we're going to get on who's written the books. Um, so we're going to do their books and bring it on. Um, and obviously anybody who is an author who wants to try and get on here, put some notes in the comments or something and we'll read it. And our team will reach out to you and uh, fit it in. But that's another thing we're going to be doing. There's loads of cool shit we're going to do on it. I mean, it's all about getting educated in it, in the stuff that none of us would ever, I mean, I would have never, if when I started Sapiens, I looked at it and it says 2.5 million years ago, fuck that, throw it in the bin. I've got one of be. Late. but then I had to because of this and I've learned so much.
1: See, I have the same thing with uh, some of the business books that we've read, like influence and stuff like that. Normally, I would not give that a second look on a on a bookshelf because it just doesn't interest me. Like, it well, it, it didn't interest me, should I say? Uh, and now, the more I've looked into it and the psychology of it and all that stuff, and and um,
0: I can actually can see behind you. I can see influence. Oh. I think I can see expert secrets. I think. Oh, yeah. Atomic Habits. Expert secrets is one of my favorite books, but that's business, business, business. When you'll be bored shitless reading that, and I'll be like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> i absolutely love it what's this Um, I, i don't remember this
1: harlow's monkey experiment um yeah i'm not sure whether it's in the i think it should i think it's in the book um but it basically is talking about um an experiment they did uh which is trying to prove um that uh basically that the social connections between animals aren't that important or well, basically, it was trying to show how important the social connections between animals are. And they had, um, they, so they take, they took these orphaned monkeys, they took them away from their mothers, um, and they um, put them in a cage. And in the cage, there was one, uh, like a wire mesh monkey creature with uh, with a bottle of milk, and then there was a fur covered monkey creature with like um, with no milk. And um, the way that farming and stuff does conducts itself is it taking babies away from mothers, so they continue producing milk and uh, then reimpregnating them and stuff. That, that is kind of how they how they run. But this experiment showed in in monkeys at least that the the monkeys chose the comfort of the fluffy mother monkey rather than the, mo- the mother monkey with milk. Um, wow. Which, okay. So yeah, which shows that. Yeah it's so much so that it's actually more important than than even getting food you know their instinct to eat is actually less developed than their instinct to socialize and bond with their mother and and that makes sense because you can live without food for quite a while but a baby living without a mother not a long time not in the wild
0: they say, um, they say don't they that the, the cows the pigs and and the chickens i think it is there's more of them on the planet than there is humans so from a, a, a an evolution perspective they have won because obviously the amount of times you reproduce yourself over and over again is, is basically how they judge whether you're a successful species or not. But they, they also then touch on the fact that if if it's one of the final rhinos that's deviled to live and they're living out in the wild and they're happy, then they're a lot happier than these billions of fucking chickens and, and sheep, that, and, and not sheep, that big uh, cows that they keep in in these cages. So even yeah. though you said something like they're the most successful from the angle From, of there's millions or billions or whatever it is of them. However, yeah. they're also sad. They're all really, really sad, miserable lives that they live because of us. We're we're, yeah. we're like a badass cancer type plague on the planet, aren't we? That's killed everything, murdered all other every other threat. They say something about um, it, it's it's one of the islands in um near Australia, um, and basically Tasmania. It might be. Yeah. It might actually have been at Australia. And it says that the, 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 before we populated there, there were massive mammals on there. There were giant kangaroos and there was all sorts of, things that, which all give birth yeah. to, to babies that are helpless, like humans. And then they'd been on there for millions of years. And then all of a sudden within a couple of generations of people turning up, they were extinct.
1: Yeah. I see, I can see from, I see both points of view with this stuff, right? Like, Yes, humans have done things that we would probably universally say are really bad Um, and with any but it's important to note that with any animal species if the population is growing at like a if basically if, if one species evolves or overpopulates to a certain point its environment is going to be affected so we could look at humans for Are being immoral, say, for going to Australia and and putting into uh, putting into motion like the wheels of extinction for all of these large animals. But let's say that foxes get there's something happens, there's a climate issue or something before humans are even involved, and a certain population of foxes absolutely booms, and they just trash all of these. they just kill all of the rabbits and the mice and everything in the area. And then they will start starving and it all gets very horrible. And nature makes a mistake. Nature tends to reset itself, but those foxes aren't immoral. That's just like, you know what that, that's just kind of nature is what they do. So sometimes this stuff does happen in nature. And and I, I do think I thought about this a lot. And if it wasn't us, if it was a different species that ascended to, this like sort of overlordship of the Earth, if you believe that we have that, would would we would they have healthcare? Would they take care of you know? Would they try and protect animal species? Would they try and fix the climate?
0: Don't have any logic or strategy, did that's what's made us be the, the thingies that we we have language, so we can understand in detail what we're talking about, and we have strategy and logic, which means we yeah. can work together in teams and we can work together I, 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 like wars. Um, and and figure out a strategy of how to win. Whereas yeah. I don't think there's any other animal that does that, is there?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, um, so in the uh, in the ape world, chimpanzees go to war. That war is something from an, that war is natural. It is in the animal. Is that kingdom. just them um,
0: fighting in the jungle, or that's not? I'm um, setting up thingies and throwing spears and hitting each other. Is it?
1: No, but they they that's because they don't have the technology to do that. But if they did, they would. Is the is the sort of idea behind it is like um you know they don't have the technology to shoot each other with guns but they probably would if they if they could because they go out in bands bands of males go into enemy chimp territory and there have been cases of just genocide in in the chimp world which so that is something that we've inherited so we're not as primarily aggressive as chimps like if you put um two chimps in a room together that have never met they might tear each other apart um we're
0: getting a few comments here quite We're violent.
1: getting some awesome comments. I'm loving these. We'll stick them up in a second. I'll finish my point quick. But um, if you put like chimps in a room together, the primary aggression's really hard, so they're just gonna like um, uh, they're just gonna like rip each other apart. If you put a chimp and a human in a room, it's a dangerous place to be. I wouldn't want to be in a room with the chimp. Those things are terrifying. And um, but humans, if you put two humans that don't know each other together in a room, they won't kill each other. They will. There will be some kind of like social negotiation. But if reactively, our reactive aggression is super high. So if we believe that we're wronged or if there's like an issue with something, we will like reactively take the other people out. Like that's kind of how we that's kind of how we function rather than like primary primarily just going for someone. We're more like reactive.
0: Yeah, but you get any guys like Alexander the Great who were just brutal and just wanted to take over everything, and they will just <laughs> travel and kill, and people will follow them
1: because reactive aggression. Safe. His father was um, assassinated, and he was told by his mother or court. I, I think his mother was particularly um, had a lot of sway over him. There's a, there's an argument that actually his mother is the one that killed his father, um, but he was led to believe that the Persians the Achaemenid Persians were the ones that organized the death of his father or or orchestrate the death of his father so it was reactive
0: In this book it says Alexander the Great was gay
1: Um, I think a lot of people in Hellenistic in the Hellenistic world had relationships same-sex relationships Um, I think in the whole of human history it's not that uncommon for same-sex relationships to happen I think we do need to be a little bit careful by using like putting it in the same category of like modern sort of like Caring LGBT marriage and that stuff because it's kind of not. It's a bit more. Uh...
0: Well, no, because the guy actually explains it in his book by saying his mother wasn't bothered when he brought his boyfriend home. That's how he explains it in the book.
1: No, because he can do whatever he wants. He was a prince, so if he wanted to fuck a boy, he could fuck a boy. But it doesn't mean that like he would marry a boy. You know okay. what I mean? So, I was shocked. Like... I was
0: thinking, oh my god, really? So so so? It was it, it was it, it. When did it become a taboo then?
1: I think it was all. See, it, it depends what there's like levels of the of taboo with it. Like, for example, in Viking culture, if you were, how do I put this politely? If you were a top, right, being a bottom was quite dishonorable. Obviously, if you're a guy and you're getting bummed, it, it's pretty dishonorable in okay, their yeah. society. But if you're bumming a guy, that's just an ex, a, an, a just you exerting power. Um, it was actually apparently a custom thing to carve a wooden carving of you if you had a fallout with someone you'd carve a wooden carving of you um, screwing that guy in the bum and leaving it outside of their front door to be like yeah fuck you bro (laughs) that was that was like i don't know any of this stuff (laughs) yeah that was a thing um and, and i think it's similar in 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 um the hellenistic world and i think some of it comes with like power exploitation too a bit like how the catholic church and um some other religious sects have been kind of accused of basically raping children. Um, in the Hellenistic world in in Sparta, that was like the, you know, when they do their like warrior training and stuff, they have to live in a house with all these boys and they get they get given one like mentor boy who like looks after them and teaches him how to be a warrior and this stuff. That was a lot of rape. A lot of rape. It wasn't it's not that good. It's one of those like Blot on history, kind of like, oh, let's not talk about that. There's loads of that in this today, isn't there?
0: Right. So I yeah. tell you what, I'm going to share some of these comments. Some of them I don't understand, yes. so I'll, I'll let you read them out.
1: Okay. Yuval is advisor to Klaus Schwab, who wants to depopulate humanity. Uh, from the book, The Great Reset. Um, what is going on is down to our peers, not us, but they invert it to make it look like it was us. I think
0: that's. Right, I'm just going to type, one second, the great reset. I'm just going to put it on a a different tab. Next.
1: So I kind of understand what's going on with that, the great reset. Um, Oh,
0: sorry, go on, I'll go back to it.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm not 100% um, in the know with this, so I'm probably going to make some mistakes. But from what I understand it is that there is a a theory or... It's not, I wouldn't say a theory that there's a group of people that have the outlook of um, that there are too many people on earth and we need, there needs to be less people on earth. And that's a bit strange when you think about it, because loads of people would say that if you ask people like, um, you know, is the population on earth too high? Most people would probably say yes. But by saying that, what they're actually saying is people need to die. We need to kill people. Not just a few people, but a lot of people, and um, these—it's weird. It's a bit of a—it's a bit of a—it's um, uh, a contradiction because a lot of these people are really—they're like kind, sort of liberal people that are like, "Yeah, you know, we need to save the environment." There's too many people on Earth, but it's like, okay, so who do we kill? Who's the first person that we kill if there's too many people on Earth? What do we do? you know, like, is it it, it your family that dies? Like, I know a guy who was, he was telling me all about, he's a friend's father, he was telling me all about um, how there are too many people on Earth, but COVID was nature, like, fighting back against us to try and bring our population down, it was probably a good thing, and all of this stuff. The dude's got four children. (laughs) He's got four children, and he's telling me that there's too many people on Earth. Like, if you actually believe that, why have... For children furthermore if you have children and you're telling them there are too many people on planet earth and uh yeah we need to get rid of we, we need you know there's too many people these people are doing you know they're they, they're controlling everything and we need to like make sure that the, the population goes down uh you're like raising a genocidal person and if your child then develops horrible mental health issues where they're like oh like i hate myself i want to commit suicide you've kind of done that to them because you've told them that your, y- you've told them that there's too many people that people are like an evil scourge on, on the planet and they need to just disappear and they, they look at themselves and they're like I am a person, maybe I should disappear um, that's really messed up I think people really need to check themselves when they do that and I think it's that's kind of amazing. along the lines of of, um, of what uh, uh, Kessiah is saying there um, uh, Nature is far more cruel Than the way humans kill unfortunately we're in a consumerist world it is the way it is um we need to improve the way animals are cared for not get rid of our supply i only support farmers not local supermarkets yeah i think that's a really interesting point and and that's where i kind of ended up with my meat consumption funnily enough i quit eating meat after reading the sequel to this book um because he mentions it a lot uh mentions our uh our relationship with industrial farming a lot in the in the sequel Homer Deus. um and yeah, I think that's um, yeah, I think that's something that we we need to do. If if people need to put their money where their mouth is and they need to support uh, animals that are actually cared for and not in these horrible um, situations, I think rather than cutting meat out of our diets, because I know you mentioned um, I, it's mentioned earlier in the comments that this this individual came quite ill from not eating from not eating meat. And I understand that I wasn't. I was very unhealthy when I didn't eat meat, but I think that was more my culinary skills than not eating meat. Um, I think less eating less meat is um, also a good if if you want to not support that that stuff. You I can did it for two
0: years, meat. and it and it never bothered me. I did it for two it years, did, it, and then I went back to meat because I like turkey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm eating turkey a lot at the moment, actually. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just trying to balance it and eat. You know, eat less. People wouldn't have eaten meat for every meal anyway. Um, Steve was talking bars, about the
0: monkeys here before when we were talking oh, about yeah. the monkeys. Did he whack yes. each other with sticks? Did they? Yeah,
1: yeah, they hit each other with sticks.
0: And then he did put this comment here, which I, I don't know what this means.
1: Um, this, I believe, is from when I was. Uh, so he, he's saying that um, that it's like prison. There's no women. Uh, he was referring to when I was talking about um, male uh, sexual relations and like the power dynamic between male sexual relations uh, and how uh, yeah. like because like homosexuality is kind of it's about love not about just not about just companionship actually right. having someone
0: there that you give a fuck about rather than just feeling completely on your own because that's one of the main things humans need in it is, is, is and i guess if you're in a prison for the I find you attractive but i want someone i can talk to <laughs>
1: yeah i think it's that and it (laughs) is also a power it is just also a power dynamic in prisons it's pretty gnarly in there isn't it and and people you know if it's the ultimate disgrace i think which is weird isn't it because if you're looking at it from like uh the perspective of like modern our modern perspective on homosexuality that sounds like i'm saying something really offensive but i think that's just the way it is viewed as like a as a as a straight man to be like well no it's the same with women to be raped is is like horrific like it's really bad like worse than death in a lot of cases so um yeah i think that's just where it comes from in prisons man um yeah okay um oh yeah continuing talking about um animals so our relationship to animals wasn't always this way um we we used to be very different towards animals and I think in the book he says about um he says about large uh, like mass extinction events and something, humans being like uh humans having playing their part in mass extinction events, and like they definitely did, but there were mass extinction events before humans. There are lots after, so don't get me wrong. But there are um na- I believe it was in Native American societies, there was this um concept of totem animals. Where each tribe would have a totem animal that would be like their sort of sacred animal. That is an animal that they wouldn't hunt. Um, okay. You got you. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if that's their protected animal, say it's the the snake or the fox or something like that.
0: In the UK, you're not allowed to kill swans, are you?
1: Uh, no, you're not, um, because they belong to the royal family. Is that? I think that's
0: something to do with that. Yeah, I, I remember being told by my mum when I was a kid. I don't I don't know the rules around it, but I know she said. If you kill a swan you go to prison whereas if you kill a, a a dog you probably get a slapped ass type of situation and it's like what's the difference so that was kind of the question I remember yeah. saying it and then I thought is that cat is, is that true but yeah, I, it might be I,
1: yeah they're a protected animal um to be honest royals protected uh, lots of animals in the past, especially in the medieval times because of uh people being forced into agriculture um there was this concept called serfdom where you would basically live on a rich person's farm and work for them in order to have a place to live. We don't look at serfdom as slavery, but it's kind of the same thing. It was like the poor people were enslaved by the rich people. Um, And um, during that time, there were these laws called poaching laws, so you couldn't just go out into the forest and kill a deer um, because they were protected by the ruling elite so that they could go and hunt them. Um, and, uh, it basically meant that if you were starving and you wanted to go shoot a rabbit or something for your, for your, for your dinner, you couldn't, and it kind of stopped people from having that hunter gatherer, like uh, um, lifestyle at all during that time. And, and it was punishable by death, um, poaching. It was really, really bad. So, um. Uh, yeah, that's one of the ways that it was sort of controlled. In fact, I don't know, a lot... you
0: know all this shit because a lot of this is not in the book, and it's like, oh my god, you know loads. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I I love this stuff. I rabbit hole this stuff all the time. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why loads of people went to America in the first place, and why America has such um unique hunting laws, um and and liberal uh, free hunting laws um that we don't have in Europe. But it's really hard to to hunt in a lot of places in Europe. Um and um yeah and i think that's people left the um, britain because they were like well you know if we we can't hunt for food we can move over to the americas and we will freely be able to kill all the animals we need to sustain ourselves if we if the people who um emigrated from britain and ireland and scotland it when they first moved to the americas if, if they weren't allowed to hunt animals they all would have died so they because it takes time to set up a farm and stuff like that so they had to they had to go back to being hunter hunter gatherers and obviously it got out of control with long hunts and stuff like that where people were like the fur industry boomed and loads and loads of animals were getting killed and then you've got people like teddy roosevelt for example puts in um controls that mean that people only go after older males like that's why the trophy hunting is a big thing like going for um, like old males with big antlers and stuff like that. It basically stops the population from getting wrecked um, um, Which I think is cool that humans are like in a good part it is, It's a I think it's being in touch with nature and being in in touch with the food chain is super important I think it probably Morally in my view more moral to go out and hunt an animal and, and kill it Obviously in a clean way don't go out there and try and stab it to death or something but um to kill so an animal plainly, Oscar. Or... yeah exactly um
0: uh, where's it gone
1: i've got it here oh I there get you go it. <laughs> we did it at the same time if you have the possibility to eat uh just meat that you personally raised and killed that's great so yeah like having your own farming um having your own sort of like small scale farm or or um going out and legally hunting an animal that is you know i i think that that's more moral than eating from a from a supermarket personally some people might disagree but that's fine um right what were we talking about earlier
0: right so the animals on our team i changed it from dogs and horses to dogs cats and horses because we seem yes. to give a shit about those three and nothing else uh, Love so i just edited it um and then when we when we finished the animals section we move straight on to myths
1: we do um, should we should we talk about the animals on our team briefly yeah, man. Um So, um, do you have any pets?
0: Mm, two kids. <laughs> 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 no, I, mate. I'm. 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 We're a very old-fashioned family. So when I met my mrs, I said to her, "Look, you'll never have to think about money. You'll never have to worry about uh, get a job. You'll never have to do any of this stuff that society is like. Oh, equal rights and all that." I was like, "I'm not into that shit." That's why I didn't meet anyone <laughs> until I was 30 because I was like, "No, I want to earn all the money. I want to look after you. I want you to. I don't even." I pay myself the same salary as I pay my missus, right? But I pay I all this. of the house bills and everything that comes out of my bank, right? Everything that comes out of my bank. And the hers is like, there's your salary. You look after the kids, be happy, do what you're doing. Um, and I am lazy. I like to do things that generate an income. So I basically don't even get that much involved with the kids other than having fun with them. And she does everything. So I'm too lazy to have a pet. Is basically why I haven't got an actual pet pet because... I can't be asked. I like That's I, fair I can't enough. be bothered. And, and my missus is probably in the same situation because she has to look after me which is a pain in the ass. Um so no.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> well um I fairly recently got a dog. I didn't grow up with a dog. I got a dog after I finished university. Um and um it, it before that I'd only had like small little rodents, pet kind of stuff like guinea pigs and rabbits and that stuff. My sister is a really really into animals she has she's um has like veterinary science training and stuff like that and she's got two horses and all of this stuff um so animals i think our relationship with animals now we ex there's a point of like exploitation i think we exploit animals a lot Um, we we always kind of have, but i think there's also a symbiosis like a teamwork element with animals and especially dogs I think dogs were one of the first animals that we domesticated whilst we were still hunter gatherers. Um, which I think is really cool. If you think about a dog accompanying men on a mammoth hunt, I think that's sick. Like I think men the would...
0: reason they did it was because the dogs could literally smell prey from miles and miles and miles away and take them in the right directions to chase and find. And, and they were very submissive. Uh, did they do any similar stuff to what they do to the pigs? Were they cruel to them or were they nice to them?
1: Right. So it, interestingly enough, um, that's one of the reasons that we have dogs, definitely. But that probably came uh, a little bit later. Interestingly, humans and wolves, um, we hunt at the same times of the day, whereas uh, cats and stuff tend to, hunt at, tend to hunt at night, I think. They're more sort of nocturnal ambush prey, uh, ambush predators. But humans and wolves are both endurance predators. So we chase animals down until they're okay. exhausted, then we kill them. Those. That's what we do.
0: So um, we used horses, so we could keep up. We used dogs to do the hunting. How the fuck did cats become so popular?
1: Um, so cats were uh, pest control. Cats are really good at catching mice. So okay. I think they were probably pest control. That's where they come from. Um yeah. Cats. Modern day. Okay. I have a bit of an issue with cats, right? <laughs> I love cats. Don't get me wrong. I. <laughs>
0: Don't I pick love on cats. cats. You pick on anything,
1: but you pick on I'm cats. Gonna get, I'm going to get battered in the office if I say this too loud because yeah. I know there's a lot of cat lovers around. But hear me out, right? So 98% of all bird species on planet Earth are now chickens. So that's 2% of, of birds are not chickens, I think, roughly. Um, and people with cats will know that your cats hunt birds. And they don't hunt chickens so those like those those sort of sacred last few bird species that we've got i love birds to be fair I, i'm i my garden has a ton of birds and i like listening to them but the cats are just going to go out and just hunt birds there are there are an invasive species it's like bringing some kind of foreign predator to england and just letting it out in the countryside like bats voles mice all of this stuff they're just going to get iced by cats so people who are like "Oh, i'm vegetarian i'm vegan because of cruelty to animals but their cats are out there like (laughs) just (laughs) murdering animals all the time it's really bad and if you think about like one cat that's not that big of a problem but imagine you live on a housing estate and 60 percent of all people have cats like it's going to absolutely decimate bird populations And and it really does in countries like i believe in new zealand and australia they um they they kill feral cats. If, if there's a cat that doesn't have a, an owner, they'll go out and kill it. I think they have rules to control whether cats can go in and out at night and stuff like that because they're trying to safeguard their indigenous species. Here, we don't really care because we've made the mistakes with that. You know, that's part of being a sort of old uh, established, really old established country. But but um, these sort of new world places are trying to look after their indigenous animal populations and, and cats are a big problem. Cats I are remember... Cute first but... house
0: i bought was um i was i must have been in my 20s and i lived on my own and i had a cat called lily Ellie, a little ginger cat and um i loved it but it kept doing that what you're on about it kept bringing birds and 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 because it had like this magnetic collar on its thing and it could go in and out whenever it wanted it used to bring and i was pissed off with it it used to because the first time it did it was like oh you have killed this poor little bird and then someone said well that's just what they do you just have a you, you think you get rid of it and at first i hated it for it i was like you evil little bastard but then kind of somebody explained to me that cats hunt they kill and it is what they do and and then every f- few days you'd find middle of the kitchen floor as if it was waiting for you to come in yeah uh, another dead a, animal
1: a, uh uh yeah uh it's uh as Stephen says same uh he spe- experienced the same he says it's a gift for you yeah they do they do kind of like bring them back as almost like a weird offering there don't get me wrong cats are super cool animals i think it's really interesting um the way that they interact with humans and all of that stuff but they they do nuke uh species of birds and, and bats i remember trying to catch a bat in my friend's house after his cat had brought it in and it was just like blood was coming out of it and it was like flying around the top of his room with blood like spraying on his walls it was the most metal thing i've ever seen in my life trying to catch this uh trying to catch this other this um, cat. than says the other day i watched a cat catching a lizard and then just letting it go just to catch it again probably like 20 times before it killed it yeah cats cats are like super mean they're super mean. And humans are super mean. At least cats aren't farming industrially because that's pretty <laughs> hideous. But if cats were doing what, if cats had the ability to do what we do now, cats would destroy us. My dad's a police officer. He says whenever he goes to a, um, uh, the house of a deceased person, um, if they've got pets, if they've got a dog, there's a high chance their dog is really hungry and really thirsty, and it will be wagging its tail and greeting you. And uh, he said, if you go to a house and it's just cats and the person, the person's already been eaten. Seriously. Yeah. They'll
0: start cats. eating chunks off you.
1: They'll eat you. They'll eat you if you die in the house. Dogs won't most of the time, unless they're really, really hungry. Because of dogs, like um, dogs, have been bred to be extremely loyal to us because they were once wolves and. Uh. Yeah, you got to like we we um they're pack animals, so by we, we like fostered that loyalty. They won't eat members of their own pack.
0: And um, crazy, right? We we yeah. we're, we're doing a book called Sapiens, and <laughs> we have spent fifty minutes talking about animals.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we are animals. That's the that's one of the biggest takeaways from this book. We're part of this world. We're part of this environment, and um to understand the animals around us is to better understand ourselves. I think.
0: Shall we move on to the um, myths? I mean, Let's some of these here, people might agree, they might not agree, but I, I guess it doesn't matter, does it? We mean nothing and everything is a widely believed myth. You can tell us he's one of my notes, can't you?
1: <laughs> yeah. And so um, what did, what did you mean by this?
0: I basically mean that everything that we've been taught is is a myth created by a man. So you've got religions, you've got laws, you've got good and evil. Whether you should be good or bad, I I I think I put it later on that there's like there's no such thing as good and evil. There's only situations and outcomes, right? Because because you don't look at a, a, a let's say a, a a load of ants going move into a patch somewhere and there's a few mice and they all end up eating it and killing it, but whatever reason, or you put down. Uh, ant killer and you kill hundreds of thousands of ants, it's the same in the in, 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 in the global, whatever you want to call it, perspective, that as as going and wiping out, as when Julius Caesar went and wiped out 150,000 fucking people in Germania in, in like 24, 48 hours, mm-hmm. it's the same t- to the earth, it means the same to the overall, to our myth, our belief system that we believe that we are more important and then it's called genocide instead of being called fucking ant killer. Um, It's only in our own heads, it's our own myths and we believe these things. But really, um, there is no difference. Um, And this is one of the things i got from this book and from the previous book and from various stuff I've been reading that we don't actually mean anything and and we, we, we live our lives stressed, like the things we're doing, worries, and the 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 time that we spend on on things that we find important, that we stress out about and that we worry about and the, what other people think, like it matters. Um, I think we, we think of this more on the previous when we said like we've been around for 10 billion year, years, then you're born and you maybe live 80 years and then the world's going to carry on for another 10 billion years. With it, it, It's the same as if you'd never been born. Um, and I think if people can understand that, they'd stop stressing out, they'd stop worrying about dying, they'd stop feeling negative they'd stop stressing about everything when you realize that the whole point of it is just to breed
1: yeah so like i've got two sort of like I'm, i've broken this into two parts in my mind so like we mean nothing so there's a really freeing element of being like not um uh, you know not attached to like you know oh it's a do or die if i if i don't you know get that promotion at work everything i've ever worked for is just nothing it's that's external you're you're, you're there's more there's more to life than that kind of stuff right we we there shouldn't like pressure we shouldn't be putting pressure on ourselves um because it, it like you said we're just like a, a firefly it's just blinking for a second and then gone yeah. like um so uh, definitely understand it from that perspective from the perspective of um inner happiness or satisfaction i think that um meaning meaninglessness is a bit of a double-edged sword because you have to derive meaning from something otherwise you'll be extremely unhappy yep. but knowing that I, uh, your meta meaning like the larger meaning of everything is is not necessarily as important as you might think um
0: i felt like that when i had kids right so i you basically know what I mean? Yeah, because basically I, w- I was 30 when I met my missus now and I had no kids. And I used to get wrecked all the time. Why? Because I enjoyed it. And I thought, well, there's no fucking point to any of this anyway. What's the point? And I didn't care. And I, so I I, I basically would, would drink a lot, would party a lot, would go to different parties every single day and do all the crazy shit that everybody thinks is amazing fun, but it's not. It's really boring. Um, yeah. And then and then, and then then I had my son. And as soon as I had my son, it's like it kind of all of a sudden it was like, oh there's a point to all this shit. There's actually a reason for it. And then I realized, and ever since then, I've pushed forward to try and make my kids' lives as good as I possibly can. But before that, I had no point of being in it. And it's all because we are replication machines. And because I'm probably not as educated as most people, I sat back and was like, well, there's no point to any of this shit. So why not just have loads of fun and not worry about any of it? Um, And then my kids came along and it's like, okay, now you need to actually, because they mean something to me even though there's no point to it their happiness means something to me and it kind of that's what you've just explained was was kind of why that meaningless had a meaning as soon as i had kids but before that there was i didn't care yeah
1: i just had fun yeah and it's like almost like if you attach your meaning to to just the accumulation of things um we have a comment here says um i feel lighter since clearing my home the last two years i am no prezies please as more stuff to declutter Uh, even told friends no presents for my 60th this year either yeah and I think that is just you you say it quite often the quote like the things you own end up owning you I think that that's very true and um, I think that yeah taking charge of your space as well is really important and making sure it's like decluttered I say with the most cluttered desk in the world Um, but that's that's work that's a little different but I think if you're living in your living arrangements it's important to have like I don't know, a bit of space to just be like, ah, okay, nice. You don't need to accumulate all these stuff. It it doesn't mean anything. Those presents don't mean anything. What means something is the um uh, authentic relationship you have with the people that want to give you gifts. That's way more important than any present. And it is something that um yeah, it's something that will, you know, will pay itself back all the time. Um I think present giving is really, you know, it's it's something that we've been told it's a myth that we've been told is really important and i think uh, there is a an element to gift giving which is uh, an in an it's an innate thing it's a uh, an instinct because you know when a kid i saw it at jiu-jitsu the other day two of the kids fell out at jiu-jitsu and um i was listening to their parents talk and um they said well oh, it's okay because little i don't know i can't remember their name little so-and-so gave the other child a lollipop so they're friends again now and I think there is an element to like, you know, if you if you were living in a tribal hunter gatherer society and you accidentally killed the totem animal of the tribe next door, um, you could pay you you could pay your respects by maybe giving them some of another food source that you have or some sort of shells or precious stones or something of jewelry to be like, yeah, sorry, we didn't mean to do that. That was a mistake. Like we don't want to cause like a massive you know a massive issue i think present in gift giving is an important um element of trade like pre-money trade uh but i think modern the gift meaning giving that
0: matters not the not the the object because none of this yes. you, you know like this or whatever anything it do not matter like none of it none of it means anything um i mean there's quite a sad comment in there that, that, that steven's just put up my son had leukemia uh, not a doctor, so no clue how to fix. Puts it in perspective. That's the sort of shit that that, that over everything else. Like that's 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 all that matters. Is is yeah. your kids, your family, the ones you love, and everything else is kind of just shit that was here before you came, and the shit that will be gone. And whether whether it's been turned into a wallet <laughs> like that, or whether it's been turned, or whether it's still mud in, in the ground, is kind of it, it, it was here before you came. I mean, that was probably used to be a cow. Actually, thinking about it. Um,
1: I yeah image. they say they say that uh the well uh, um a well person wants a million things and a sick person only wants one thing and it that's uh yeah
0: I, I remember because i i was when i got really ill i i was stuck in a chair i told you then i was stuck in a chair for like two yeah. years and i ended up going from about 15 to about 18 stone so i put on a load of weight and i, and I couldn't walk i couldn't think of, I, I had an operation and they cocked it up and by the time i was making loads of money but i was super depressed i was super it really, really affected my, my 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 mentalness. And it was actually a good thing because it enabled me to move from one business to a new one. But it was kind of, at the time, the only thing I cared about is like, wow, watching people walk across the street, not in pain. It was like, it, I felt jealous. Um, and they say that, don't they? The, the, the things you crave is what causes sadness. It's not actually, or, or what causes pain. Um, yeah. Because it's all in your head.
1: Definitely. Yeah, totally true. Um Yeah, uh we are influenced by the media, look at kids at Christmas. Totally. We've talked about this on some of the other um podcasts, how and, and it is it is one of the myths that you were talking about when you put the the notes in is the myth of having, you know, we the the companies and corporations and, and the toys can bring happiness and those things. That is just a, a shared myth that we've all been that's been hammered into us in the last well. I don't know how long, how long do you reckon since sort of when, when does consumerism begin? Is that the agricultural revolution when we all settle down and start farming? Do we just, now we've got houses, do we just start collecting stuff in our houses? Is that when, but Uh, I think modern consumerism is so different
0: in in notes later on. And I think I'd do it where I say that there's no religion or idea, ideal, is it called ideologies that, Mm-hmm. it's it's not the religion or the ideology that catches on it's how it's marketed that catches on yeah right? and, and so 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 there's no religion one better than another there's no religion and there's no there's no belief system or there's no there's anything that we do on a day-to-day basis whether it's in a western society or or, or not or, or where they do it there's no difference in in what they do and why they do it it's all about how it's actually marketed to whether it catches on or not not the actual belief system itself. That's why some absolutely ridiculous belief systems have become super, super, super popular. Whereas other ones that actually almost make sense, um, or even make sense in some occasions, are not widely spread because they weren't marketed the way that they weren't either marketed so that people want to join, or marketed aggressively so people feel forced to join. Like, like when 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 the Romans went out and took over fucking half of the half the world, everybody became Romans. But then the first generation hated the Romans, but the second generation of let's say the Brit- the English when they take it took on over the UK were born Romans with Roman beliefs and Bar- so they were actually then Romans. It wasn't that it was a better belief system or a worse belief system than the one before it was the it was marketed better and it was aggressively marketed by saying all right we'll we'll just come and kill everyone who don't believe it but it was still how it was marketed and it's a form of market that's how i look at it like
1: no uh, i agree i agree like you 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 can look at it in talking about the romans like the way that their culture sort of works and i think this is one of the defenses of nationalism in a way we'll talk about empire later i think this this to me is a way of defending nationalism i could be wrong it's just something that i thought about but um with rome you have loads of people that even though they live miles from rome they might never have been to rome they count themselves as roman and they might actually be a gaul and they might actually be a Briton. uh they might be um you know like a a goth or someone else another people group even into the middle east um they they still count themselves as Roman, and I think it's because of the Roman national identity being extremely strong. Um, they have their own founding myth of Romulus and Remus, which is like a very powerful founding myth. They have um, the way they conscript people into their military. They must have had a really strong sort of national I know that they rewarded people that did military service with with land and they treated people people equally like you know if you joined the military as like an auxiliary if you're not a citizen of, of Rome you had to be an auxiliary um until later which actually kind of screwed up the whole system but the um then you'd sort of you know serve the if you serve Rome then you end up getting something back out of it and that was a real sort of I think that garnered a lot of like national pride and people you know people are attracted to that like you said it's marketed really well i think you could say the same thing about
0: it's also british stable. empire
1: yeah, yeah security as well
0: driving forces because if you think right there's a hundred thousand fucking roman soldiers on the way to where we live if i just turn around and say i'm a roman i believe everything you say you guys are the coolest i, I can live a nice safe happy life whereas if i turn around and say fuck you i'm english and blah 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 bam i'm dead
1: <laughs> yeah but i think it's also important to know that to note that there wasn't uh, as much of a collective national identity before you know the britons weren't like hey we're britons we need to stick together it's like no i'm part of this tribe i'm like a belgi tribe or i'm this tribe i'm um Oh, I can't remember. Boudicca was one of them. I can't remember what her yeah. tribe was called. Um, but let's say generationally with no Romans involved, they've been warring for like five or six centuries or something crazy like that. And then a third party comes in. If you get on side with that third party really fast, you know, you're going to be like, cool, I'm buying what you're selling. Let's go kill those guys. And let's We're now now you're right happy right. to assimilate because conflicts, you know, we it's not the we didn't, weren't living in peace before. So I think we often look at that with, with empires, like, oh, you know, um, this is something really that, that people talk about with um, um, Hernan Cortez, who goes to, we talked about him before about burning the boats and how it was like mm-hmm. a symbolic gesture of um, loyalty um, uh, to to promote loyalty, but he ended up taking over. One of the biggest South American um, empires, the Aztecs, I believe it was the Anto- Aztecs. I could be murdering this, but someone will correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. Um, so he goes there and he's only got, he hasn't got that many men when you think about, in the grand scheme of things, taking out an entire empire. And people look at that situation as a black and white thing. Hernan Cortez, invader, bad. Aztecs, local population, good. However, <laughs> um, as much as Hernan Cortez put in the, the, uh, Sort of nasty type of Christianity spreading throughout South America that ended up loads of people getting killed in Spanish Inquisition and whatever um, it was really horrible, and the persecution of the natives was abhorrent the people the the aztecs they were sacrificing people left, right, and center they said they were sacrificing up to forty thousand people a year as an estimate forty thousand people a year, For and what? they to bring about rain to to um, in gladiatorial events, like all sorts of religious reasons for sacrificing people, human sacrifice became a massive thing. And in their empire, they had lots of little kingdoms or, or chiefdoms. and they would make those chieftains give them people to sacrifice.
0: But that's just their customs, yeah.
1: Well, Cause, yeah, that's their customs, but 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 that's pretty like, you know,
0: well, that, that right? that's that's pretty barbaric, that one that was like, before. Right. This this is this is how I looked at it, right? Because when I was reading all these different things inside the book and it was telling me about all the different rules and how people were killed and blah, 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 blah. I looked at it like card games, right? I lived in over I went to lived in over a hundred houses growing up, right? And one of the most popular card games is, is, is a game called Blackjack. And it's not the yeah. g- game where you, you get two cards and it's 21. It's the game where you get seven cards. And in and, and some places, you get 10 cards. Some places, you get seven cards. In some places, a two means pick up two. In some places, a red jack means back it changes. The night, everybody has different rules everywhere. And, and it kind of reminds me right of laws customs religions what people do and how they do it and it was kind of like every different area i went to every different estate you'd play cards when you was having when you're smoking pot or whatever you were you having a beer or whatever you were doing and everybody had different rules and then as i was reading through this book i thought it's just like card games it's just like playing cards everybody has a different rule and a different setup in a different location and it's the same with 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 laws it's the same with religions. It's the same with all customs and all ideologies is somebody makes up these fucking rules and then everybody's like, no, 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 this is the rule. Cause I've had arguments with people saying, no, 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 this is the rule like with a King or this is a rule with an eight. And people are like, no, this is the rule. And you would actually fall out over it because you believe, and it's just a made up myth that's designed from somebody like, like playing a card game. Yeah. Um, go on.
1: Rules are super important to like everything that there can't be a game without without rules there has to be some kind of boundary Um even war has rules i find that fascinating the most like large-scale hideous com- conflicts have all had rules underpinning them um which is nuts if you look at the um conflict between the native americans and the um and the settlers the white settlers that were coming over onto the americas there were instances where, say, like a Comanche war band or something would um, come across a, a group of people, and they'd you know try to be nice or they'd try to uh, a group of settlers and they'd try to like give them some gifts or whatever, and the Comanche War Band would just slaughter all of them just because they're not on the same page. Of the rules like in you know in another society you'd be like oh here's a bunch of stuff that you asked for Uh, please leave us alone and they'd be like okay we'll leave people alone if they give us tribute but the Comanche were like no like what's wrong with you these guys are weak Um, the Japanese there was a horrible massacre Nanking massacre I believe the Japanese massacred um, the Chinese and the reason was because the city surrendered and the Japanese Culturally believed that surrender Is worthy of the most Gruesome death possible because it's the biggest Dishonor you can do whereas On the other side uh, Surrender was a way of seeking clemency And because those two cultures clashed You had a real issue and It was one of the most brutal massacres That has been recorded in human history
0: So the uh, white flag didn't work No because the, white, because
1: the white flag didn't exist in the other Culture Wow so Small, yeah. and
0: people died just because of that one little tiny little change in the difference in belief system. But that meant, and that gets, takes us back to the point of how really does it matter or doesn't it matter? Um, or is it just a situation and an outcome because those tiny little rules make such a difference to human life. And if it did matter, those tiny rules potentially shouldn't be able to make such a big difference to the amount of people that was murdered, but it does those tiny little twists of, of fate. Yeah. Um, is it is casier i don't know uh, 1763 majority of things humans do through fear ie religion gods, kings yep yeah, it, yeah. it is people people are, are inherently selfish
1: i think yeah it, fear is selfish but it's also it's also an instinct i think we shouldn't be too cruel to ourselves with with fear um because a lot of it is kind of primal um like uh we have fears about being like left by Like abandoned by others because it could mean death and you know so that makes us more social and i think fear governs a lot of what we do scarcity as well is a huge thing like one of the reasons probably that we ended up the way we did culturally was because of our fear that was triggered by scarcity when we see that something's only limited it triggers like this innate fear within us i said it before that it seems silly when we're when we're our, our um our natural instinct towards scarcity scarcity gets triggered by like Black Friday deals, but it doesn't seem as trivial when our need for scarcity is applied to something like water. Um, yeah, and that's why we have it. That's, that's why, why that's fear of missing it. out works. So, yeah, it's why it works in a sales perspective, and it's why that it's something that governs us. It's like a a primal sort of thing that we're worried about. Um, yeah. Interesting Sorry, stuff. there was
0: a good comment on the screen a minute ago. It uh, was. Uh, was it from Stephen? Wait there, that's the wrong... The, was it that one? Learned behavior, the Indians, they were betrayed first.
1: Yeah, so there's... Uh, obviously, there's lots of different interpretations of the kind of things that happened, but we probably won't know exactly. It was one of those, like, who shot first situations, but um, that was a learned behavior with Indians, they were betrayed first. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that that is probably... That is probably true, to be fair. They probably... Came to, uh, they came to the white settlers with with gifts to try and sell, to try and calm things down, and they ended up getting killed. And then they, then you end up um, with a, com- a constant circle of violence that can never be ended. Because, um, and that is what I was saying earlier about humans being really high in reactive aggression. That is a great example of it. It just spirals out of control because of that, and then eventually you end up with massive genocide. Also important to remember with with Native Americans um, and and American Indians that. They're, they're not just one large people group and that there were there were some that were very um that worked really well with with um white settlers and eventually obviously times changed, things happened, they might got betrayed or moved and it was awful but there were some that were highly aggressive and they weren't just highly aggressive towards white um, settlers they were highly aggressive towards their own people their own own people you know what i mean like they're not their own people. They're against people that they thought were different. Um, the Comanche were definitely one of those. Comanche was super scary. They were like a raiding culture. Loads of different beliefs. Exactly right. Yeah.
0: Somebody said this a minute ago as well. Uh, religion is one of the many control mechanisms created from myths used to control men because of their own selfishness, fear and greed. That's kind of... Somebody said that a minute ago in the comments as well. Um, yeah. I put this next comment... Go on, sorry, I'll let you, I'll let you jump on, on that one before
1: I... Yeah, I, so this is like a, a larger sort of point about religion in general. Um, I do think it functions as a control mechanism. I do also believe, I don't know what you think about this, that religion is an instinct within people and it is not something that we're taught. Would you agree with that? I don't think I understand what you mean. Okay, so... So let's say if we look at religion as if like we have a space in our brain that mm-hmm. is for uh, this is what I believe that we have a space in our in our our brain for a religious type belief.
0: You um, mean so we look to be cared for and supported, and we look for safety and some sort of belief system that makes us feel safe is maybe something that humans are looking for, and it's. Pre- could be why we all settled down into tribes and big farming villages because we felt safe in numbers but i don't know if it's it's
1: also meaning based as well i mean there was so if we look in the past we've got people in all sorts of societies have loads of different religions and then towards especially in western europe towards the like the last few centuries it's been very um christian mostly christian um religion in western europe and you know, most people then have their little belief in their head. They're like, okay, God is real. This is, I'm trying to please God. Like eventually there'll be an afterlife, blah, blah, blah. And then religion ends up kind of getting killed around the time of the French revolution, right? And Nietzsche says like, God is dead. And like, there's not enough water on the planet to wash the blood from our hands and stuff like this. He's not saying God is dead and that's a good thing. Thank God that God's dead, even though Christianity has persecuted millions of people for many years. Thank you know (laughs) it's a great job we got rid of that he's actually saying it's a bad thing because the next point is what is going to fill the void how we can control people yeah what's going to fill the void and he he postures that um people will worship either the state their countries or themselves and i think both of those things have come true i think people have worshipped the state and we've seen the growth of nationalism and communism um Uh, during the time after the um, french revolution um, when god died i've seen um, which ended up being one of the most horrifically dangerous times in terms of warfare and all of that stuff ever really really bad um, amounts of killing and then i think people have moved away as nationalism has kind of died out we've learned the issues with nationalism because of the war it caused and the division it caused. And now we've started to worship um ourselves. And I think the worshiping ourselves is the I social think media. I think that's social media. I think that's um I think that's consumerism. Um I think that that um it's also down to sort of like that, that it's become like our identities have become attached to what we consume and what we don't consume in our ideology so it's like uh, I'm a vegan I only date vegan girls I'm only going to marry a vegan I can only you know what I mean like I, I'm I'm I, I'm a leftist I I will only marry someone who has the same political views I'm a yeah it's it's madness like why do we care that much it really like especially with political views it's like diversity is really good in that situation that's what democracy is all about we shouldn't be agreeing with each other all the time there needs to be a nuance and there needs to be discussion and i think right now it's like discussion is bad stay with the people you agree with and then we can have our internal discussions over here about how much we hate the other people i think that's a very that's a very negative way to go about things i think it's and it's dangerous i think that that's you know so a uh, control so mechanism is mean. necessary
0: because people are inherently selfish and if they think something bad's going to happen to them for not following the rules then they're not going to be bad to other people or or bad let's call it but um if, they, well, I think if there you, isn't you, nothing if there isn't a belief system in place then people just run riot
1: well i think you, you can still be moral without gaining that morality from like a religious
0: um is moral not the same as a religion? Is it not just an ideology being moral? Is it is moral real? Does it exist? Well, is, it, is it?
1: It's subjective, isn't it? It depends on the person. Yeah. So it's, it...
0: another, it's another belief system like a religion, though, isn't it? If you yeah. say I'm a moral person, that's an ideology, but you wouldn't call it a religion because you don't look at it and say, "Okay, I believe in these crazy spirits that don't really exist that are floating around up there uh, and judging me." but I'm a moral person because internally I'm judging myself. So it's kind of the same thing. Is it not?
1: Yeah. I think it's just the difference is semantic. It's just the words that we're using is, uh, um, make them seem like they're different, but they're the same thing. And that's what I was meaning by. I think the religion is an instinct and that we have a space for a, an ideology that we absolutely will die on that hill. Um, I think we have that space and it's in everyone's brain and whether we use that in a good way to make people more peaceful and that, you know uh, i think that could be a good thing but is that really ever going to happen is that possible because everyone's definition of peace is different um i don't think it's possible so <laughs> uh, so we're yeah. always
0: going to be at war we're always going to be at each of us throats we're always going to think so.
1: well i think yeah those things are those things are natural it sounds kind of horrible but we live in a time where there's very little open conflict between more between um between I was other to,
0: countries, I was going to say something then, but I've just noticed about three or four down when we mentioned men and women. So I'll talk. We can talk about that bit there because he was just going to say about he's not going to stop. A lot of people, believe, I won't mention it till we get to that point. Um, I'd put this next comment in: Sumerians, writing and numbers, days, twenty-four hours, circle three. Remember me saying last week because Naval says. Think of anything that stuck around. That, and you said, well, actually, yeah, um, they created the writing and they created numbers and they, and they actually uh, put 24 hours in a day and 365, 60, and it came up yeah. in the book. And I was like, holy fucking shit, he's right. Yeah, so, I told when, you. When, when I read it in the book, I thought, so actually, Naval was wrong saying, think of anything that, that stuck around that the Sumerians have ever done. Exactly. And I'm sure they've been, and, 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 Obviously, it was wrong, wasn't it? Because you, then you said it, and then when I've looked into this, it's like, as this came up in the next book, it's like, oh, fucking hell, they actually did.
1: Yeah, I think his point was correct, but I think he used probably the wrong example historically, because Sumerians did leave quite the legacy. They're like probably, like you said, the oldest mathematical and, um, and writing scripts that we have. Um, so, yeah, very, very cool group of people. Right, the next one,
0: as I read it out, people are going to get pissed off, but the next note I will read out to the end first because this is something that came up in here and then we'll move straight on to the next thing here because it actually, the note says, women are worth less than men and poor are worth less than rich and title makes you worth more than people without title. Um, And then I've put myths we live by. What the fuck, right? Because (laughs) in history, this is, but this is something that, I mean, women are worth less than men. It's still shit that's going on nowadays in, in certain parts of the world, isn't it? And it's like because men are genetically bigger and stronger, do we really get the right to?
1: Yeah. I know it's what you mean. It's
0: ridiculous, isn't it? Whereas women yeah. make the kids. <laughs> we'd be pretty fucked exactly. without women. Whereas women well, probably could figure out how to impregnate themselves without men.
1: <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's a really interesting thing that I was, I was thinking about with that whole like women are worth less kind of um, argument. I think it, it's really crazy, and I think that we don't actually represent that in our behaviour towards women, especially girls in our families. For example, you you're more likely to have a if you if you've got a if you've got a female child, you're more likely to to be more controlling over when they can and can't go out of the house because I'd there is that. like a a sort of uh, there's like a, a danger to them. And I think that's what that's saying is perhaps a a woman's worth is her. um, I think that's a natural thing. And I think it actually comes from people. I think it comes from the, if you look at like the historical worth of a female child, so it's like the historical worth of a male child, I suppose would be to, um, you know, marry um, a woman. Join to like, you know, join families together. But it also they could they, they are more the the sort of male leadership thing was more of a trope back then. So you have these male leaders that would they're they're quite important because they can protect the women in the group. Do you, so do you,
0: do you feel like that happened because the women that had babies ended up needing to protect those children? The women who were violent and were like men okay out there violent wanted to go and kill and fight and do wars and shit never ended up having any kids so their genes died off and then the more homely uh, and so so, so kind of genetically over the because the women are the ones that can create the kids whereas we can't um the, yeah the, the wild women's genes kind of died off because they went out to war and never ended up having kids uh, whereas the women that could have children uh, although the, the women that were more homely ended up having the kids, and, and uh, do you get? Am I making sense?
1: Yes, I have a, a point about this um, that I've written down, but I was I was going to um, mention about um, women like having a child. Obviously, you can't go out and hunt for food necessarily when you're really heavily pregnant. Although they have done a, um, there's a an ultra marathon runner, she's a female ultra marathon runner, and. Um, Because we look at like the speed, like the sprinting speed between men and women is very different. Um, Although uh, their long distance capability, the capability of running long distance is actually not that far off. The the time of being able to run like super fast, men are probably able to run faster for longer just because bigger lungs, I guess, like also just the muscular nature of stuff but women can run for a really long time competitively with men over a very very long distance which to me indicates that because we're endurance hunters that's why we sweat instead of panting like dogs because we can cool ourselves down other animals can't do it if you ever want to catch an animal you just got to tire it out it'll tire out way before you um we're endurance hunters we run after our prey for a long distance and then take them out originally we wouldn't Carrying that back would have been really dangerous. So I think we probably would have, the whole tribe would have maybe run together. And women have to be able to keep up, especially pregnant women, because they need, they need um, the protein to be able to have a healthy baby. So they can run just as long as, as men, which is cool. That means like equally that how we, we used to work together meant the women could work equally. But I think when we started to settle down, women pregnant women can't do as much. You know, it's hard for them to do that. They're, they're, they're stuck um in their own bodies because they've they've got a child growing inside them. Um so men they had to trust men to like go out, mm-hmm. get stuff for them and then come back. So they had to be more socially adept and they needed to have um uh they needed to have Um, social groups within other women, like that's why we talk about the importance of gossip and how learning to gossip makes tribal communications really, really strong. He talks about it in the book. I think that that's, then you have like a collection of women, then they have the trusted men that they know are not violent and horrible. And then they have the men that there are other men that might want to take them this is the point that i'm getting to is that if a man comes and uh, another group of men come and kill all of the men that are protecting these women the women that go along with those men that have now taken control of them are going to have their genes replicated whereas the women that say no my like husband is gonna die so i'll die with him yeah. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting sort of potential genetic difference. The other one is that, um, it's comes from a similar place. So there, they did a genetic test in Europe of men and women, and they found that men had larger quantities of, um, of Eurasian step DNA. So people from like, um, the Ukrainian steppe and stuff. So these, uh, these were step warriors. They rode horses, some of the first people to rode horse to ride horses. Um, And the men in these societies would have um, manhood rituals, which would see them sent out of the tribe for long periods of time to go and uh, steal other people's herds of of cows or horses. um, And and in in doing that, conquer their land and take their women. Whereas women have a higher percentage of sedentary, um, early Neolithic farmer DNA. I could be wrong here, but that's... (laughs) I've, Do you remember that word? Yeah. <laughs> well, carry on. <laughs> no. But but basically the point is you have roving bands of young men going out and spreading their genes um, westward across Europe. Um, I, I only know about the European um, uh, spread of this. I assume they spread it eastward as well. It would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, they were going across Europe, and the people that they were finding there were sedentary farmers, and the male sedentary farmers we're like oh shit i can't fight these warrior horsemen like we're not prepared for that kind of stuff we we don't do that we're not raiders we just live in these one we're more peaceful they would get killed off their wives would get taken and so you'd have women with sedentary farmer dna and men with um steppe warrior um um nomadic it's DNA
0: Super brutal isn't it
1: so yeah so may, does that explain why that that sort of trope of men being a little less trustworthy with women and, and being and like wanting to you know travel away and, and meet other girls and, and spread their genes like that does that is that where that comes from or is it the other way around where women that went with these men got to spread their genes so actually women who are less monogamous and more open to you know He's dead. I'm jumping ship and going with that guy. their gene spread. So does that? Is, you know, which way does did that work? I'd be really interested to find out because um, I think it would explain a lot about our relationship. But at the bottom of that relationship, I think is um, we have a history of unity, working together, fantastically, um, and I think it's the most powerful unit in the world is the family unit I think when a group of families together make a tribe it's like the foundation of of cooperation is the family unit the blood ties that keep us all together and I think that um I don't want to get too tinfoil hat about it but I do think that modern society is trying to steer us away from that and I think there's a reason that they're doing that because I think that they would like us to feel alone I you think can't. People...
0: you can't fizzy physically... I know you haven't got kids yet right but once you have a kid yeah it's impossible to not care about them. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's just something in you there. It's like your own life no longer has any real meaning. It's like everything that you do is about it. Not for everybody, but for most people, you have this crazy feeling in you where it's just like, you really do give a shit. um, And you don't about, about before you have kids. I don't think you can understand that. And it's it's his DNA, obviously it comes from us protecting
1: I agree that's definitely common. and We've I years think and years, and years before I think that it's not necessarily the people that are having kids that are abandoning uh their that relationship with their children i think it's most it's a majority of people are now not having children. I think most people are not having kids, and I think that that's um
0: I, I, I'm just gonna pop Stevens up, right? Because this this proves that the way I do things isn't right yeah? But <laughs> I started by saying that you make money and pay your bills and let your wife keep hers. I do the same, mm-hmm. right? So basically, I pay both of our salaries. <laughs> <laughs> but I pay her the same as me. But what 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 I've always believed is what we do f- for work. Unless you actually absolutely love it, like what everything I do now in work, every single day, I love it and I enjoy it and I think it. But when I first met my missus. I, I was very old-fashioned, like, no, no, no. I want to look after my missus and look after my kids. And you guys get to go out and live your life and do whatever you want and have fun and enjoy your life. And I'll focus on making the money because that's my job. I'm not saying it's the right way to do it. What I'm saying is that's just how I was brought up, is men look after women and the families and the kids. um, And it kind of stuck historically. Um, My mum was one of those who, would, like, it was my mother that used to say to me, the things you own end up owning you, so don't put any value on things. Um, And she always used to say, be a real man. Like when you grow up, you, 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 as soon as you have kids, that's you. You're done. You don't. You don't go anywhere else. You don't cheat. You don't look at other women. You become a father. And and and, and nowadays in modern society, that I think a lot more parents now split up and move on and, and cheat and do all that other crazy shit, which I find fucking ridiculous. I think it's disgusting to go. If if you're gonna have children with somebody, I think you should. Your life is now is is in my opinion is now over. Your job as a human being is to look after those children whether you're happy or sad I don't know if you agree with me or disagree I'm not saying I'm right but I'm saying that's just my way
1: well yeah and I just I make a point on that it's not necessarily saying that your life is over I think that that's a I think that's a simplification that is making people choose not to have children is thinking oh like you know my life will be over that's terrible that's not a good thing it's not that your life will be over it's that your life changes and you mean it the meaning changes in your life. And I think if we, if we tried to focus on that a bit more than being like, you know, Oh, it's all over then you're written off. You're done after that. You've had kids. Yeah. Good luck with that. Oh, you're married. Oh, good luck with that, mate. You know, like, I think people that do that's, take uh, a
0: fist, it's like, Oh, she got your ball and chain and I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. You're happier when you're in a relationship with a missus and kids than you could ever be before when you were single. Cause most people who are single, that's why dating apps are so fucking popular is most people who are single are looking for it. And then they, they yeah. say, Oh, you got the ball and chain. She's got this. It's like piss off mate. I'm happy. I go home. She's, cook me tea. We, we, we sit and we talk. I can, we, I've can. got somebody who gives a shit about me, About who's got my best interest at heart. And 99% of single people, unless the parents are still alive, do not have somebody who's got their best interest at heart until they find that person to share. Well, we're yeah. getting all emotional. I was going to say we're getting all gay about it now because that's what we used to call being <laughs> emotional back in the day. But we're getting all emotional about it now. Let's 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 think. It. But Alden's just said, "I'm currently reading Almanac of Naval Rabikant. I can say his name now because of this podcast, Good. and it's really great book. I'll catch up to you guys. We've got a cool one coming in. the next three weeks. We've got three massive books, so we might have a really wicked long books, podcast. man. Um, right. <laughs> Someone just put. She's the only one that put up with me. Uh, (laughs) I I agree with my best family way is traditional way. I just feel that I I feel like it's, it's, And I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I feel like it's a man's job to look after his, his missus and kids. Um, and I always have. Right. What, I, th- I think, think a lot out. of
1: women are looking for that as well, to be honest. I think this
0: m- is kind of maybe... where we were just hitting, wasn't we? the uh, Yeah,
1: that's literally was my point. The other, only one thing I was going to say about this, and this is going to make a lot of girls hate me. Um, but I, I've noticed the error of my ways. Trust me, um, I found out I, I did a little research. But when I was in school, I noticed the girls can't throw. So, okay. like, if you ever watch a girl throw, they do like a... It's almost like they just don't know how to throw. It's really uh, weird.
0: That's, that's, that's not real. All that intelligent stuff you just said has just been completely swept under the carpet with the girls can't throw comment. I,
1: Google it. Google it. So, <laughs> I thought I thought it could be a physiological thing, right? Because, hear me out, girls uh, have a higher degree of flexibility in their elbows due to growing childbearing hips when they're pregnant. So, they mm-hmm. need to have more flexible elbows to let their arms um fit snugly by their sides i thought that maybe because of that the art of like lifting something behind your head and winging it maybe there was something with the arm that was slightly different between men and women and that's why they couldn't throw Did you look into this yeah of course i looked into this I thought I, a, yeah, I thought I was a i thought i was a sexist i was like oh god no um I, what have i done but um <laughs> so and yes ah oh, you've got it cuz i you've got it um, I've said your name in so many different ways. I'm so sorry. I think it's Kaziah. I'm saying Kaziah, I'm sticking with it. Um uh I have no, she says, I have no coordination, uh, but don't know if that is being female. Um, right. It's not being female. It's it is a coordination thing. And I don't know whether it's a, a nature or nurture thing, to be honest. Um, but little boys tend to love like playing, like doing sports and running around and 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 Doing that kind of stuff, girls don't seem to be that as much interested in that. That could be a a cultural thing, definitely. It could be a, a social thing, a, a nurture thing rather than a nature thing. Um and what that leads to is worse coordination. Um that just they don't get coordinated as quickly as little boys. If you watch um um as you oh, there we go. We fixed the naming thing. Um uh, YouTube name, my real name is Andrea, so it might be easier to pronounce. Right. And, well, is it Andrea or Andrea? There we go. Now I'm having issues again. So, um... Don't overthink it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, go on and listen.
1: Yeah, so basically it is a coordination thing. And um, girls can throw just as well as guys. I thought there'd be an evolutionary thing about it because, you know, like men going out to hunt, it would make sense. The guys can throw. So they're throwing spears at mammoths and stuff. Girls not as good at um, throwing so they don't go out. But it's not it's just a childhood coordination thing that might be a societal thing. It might be a nature thing that they're not as girls aren't as interested in doing that. Not all girls, obviously, but yeah, that's, that's the conclusion that I came to (laughs) moving swiftly on.
0: Yeah. The next three comments kind of all fit together. Um, so I'm going to, I'll, I'll read through them. So the first one was rich and poor segregation is the only segregation that remains openly active in Western society. What I meant by this was okay. Is we, People will happily turn around and say to you, "Oh, don't don't get don't get involved with them, the poor, or don't get involved with them, their their scum, or their lower class." People actually say that shit to you, like it's not racism, right? Uh, so I find that rich and poor segregation is the only segregation that remains openly active in Western society. I'll read the next two before we before we talk about them. Yeah, yeah, because the next one says we are curing racism, we are curing sexism, but we are not curing social. Uh, you, you put the word... St- social statusism i i don't know if it's a I, real word but i, I just didn't put that as, in there as, no i i know this is how i've wrote it i thought okay. you corrected it for me uh no we, so we we are curing racism we are curing sexism but we are not curing social statusism it's not a real word i made it up i think uh, but i just wrote it how i thought it um and i don't think we are even trying to yes uh, i would use you. the
1: word classism personally Instead of social yeah. statusism. Oh,
0: social staticism yeah. just kind of fit with the isms, and that's why I went for it. <laughs> we'll um, go with it, Mike. And then put Lord, Lady, Sir, Madam, King, Queen, Prince, uh, Princess, equal, made-up myths that remain massively active in modern society which is built based on myths made by dead men. So the first one saying about the rich and the poor and the classes that we're not trying to close, we are trying to stop racism. We are trying to stop sexism. We are trying to even turn around and say, boys don't have to be boys if they don't want, but we're allowing people to still openly, um, Go against people, or, or or like like be racist against people because their status in life, and we, we, we're still applauding it. Lord, lady, sir, madam, kings, queens, all that—it's it's all fucking bullshit. If we're going to go down this route of saying nobody's allowed to be uh racist and nobody's allowed to be sexist and nobody's, then how the fuck can we turn around and say that? Okay, well this this guy's classed as as as, as a sir, and this woman's a lady, and this one's a lord, because that's just the fucking same, is it not?
1: Yeah. I mean it's the idea of nobility isn't it like oh they they're nobility they're a lord or yeah. they're part of this house that was really you know uh, and the truth of the matter is, is is that we actually we probably all are if you go uh, if you go back in time far enough you'll find that we all have some kind of noble ancestor and the, the reason behind that is because people from noble or high status um uh backgrounds used to have more children and their children were more likely to survive than a peasant families for example so the peasant family's dna wouldn't couldn't reproduce as easily as easier as, as easily because people were their, their kids were dying early because of their terrible lives but because of Um, but nobility and that stuff. They say that most of the presidents were um, almost all of them, apart from like two. I think one of them might be Donald Trump and the other one is the uh, Dutchman that was early on in the history of America. I can't remember his name. Um, All of the presidents, even Barack Obama, were related to King John of England, King John I, because of like DNA and that stuff. So realistically, all of this stuff is just a myth. We do have... Everyone. Bullshit, has, innit? It's all fucking bullshit. Yeah, and if you're everyone say has like noble other, blood in their veins. Like it is wrong. Just...
0: It's all wrong. Here's another one. You, me, and everyone else are just animals whose history gifts us an easy life. I mean, the technology that we created has gifted us an easy life. I'm gonna speed us up on the comments a little bit because I've tried to keep us down to two hours on this. We may yeah, sure. end up allocating different uh times for this so we can get it for more than two hours because these seem to be getting good Big at this looks. time of the thing. Big um, looks. I'm probably just going to move my uh, Friday one o'clock meeting to two o'clock, and then we've got three hours. Um, Absolutely, that kind of fixes it.
1: I'm also loving the interaction
0: in this um,
1: uh, yes, in this one so far. On. Loving the comments, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Right. Let me finish reading this one in full oh, before I sound really go. bad. Here rape, we go. Rape is a violation. I mean, this is what that you mentioned before, that woman that went absolutely mental, who, who, who ran across England killing loads of people and all that. She was one of the women throughout history who was super violent. Uh, Boudicca. Boudicca. It was the daughter got raped, on it? Right, so yeah. rape is a violation of property. And if she wasn't owned, you could not be prosecuted for raping her. And then I put, what the fuck is this really, how badly men were to women back in the day? When, when I was reading this, I was like, this is fucking, I mean, because I've never done all this education throughout school, I kind of when I'm reading this stuff, it's the first time I've ever read it in my life. And I'm like, Oh, what the hell? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, rape is a violation. Back in the day, it used to be a violation of property. It wasn't classed as, okay, well, um, he just raped a fucking human being. It was a case of, Oh, well he has to pay her owner, which would have been a man, uh, because he's damaged the property. And if, if previously she hadn't slightly somebody he became her property, which yeah, yeah. i just when i read it i was like oh my god this is right like, terrible um, yeah it's pretty
1: it's pretty horrific i mean i i think i'm sure it differed from society to society like um different cultures had different approaches to to the crime and punishment with sort of rape and the property laws regarding to to uh women and slaves and whatever but yeah it's it's um another one of the moments i was reading this and i was like oh god i mean i learned about this in in school we did crime and punishment in school and and they talked about this kind of stuff oh it is so bad it's um yeah and to think that we you know I, i don't part of me wants to think like maybe that was the legal ramifications of that situation but whether people's like um, internal propensity towards raping and killing was any higher back in the day than it is now. I I'm think it was accepted
0: because sure. the soldiers just used to turn up and do it. The only people that suffered were the fucking women that were being raped. It's fucking it's in, terrible. But I guess world. before but that, still that go back a thousand years, I guess that was standard practice. The we guys were running around looking for... I don't know. We weren't there. Yeah. The next one was homosexual, heterosexual and bi or bisexual are not right or wrong, just rules created by by a myth. Um, this was something that that resonated with me because when 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 we were brought, I was brought up in the eighties, right? And 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 there was a nowadays obviously if if you're gay, you're bisexual. I mean, there's loads of kids that are saying the are gay and bisexual because it's fashionable nowadays. But when I was a kid growing up, if somebody was gay, there was no way they'd have told anyone about it. And they might have told their closest friend. And if they fell out with their closest friend, they'd spread it, and everyone would bully them for it. And it was a super super stigmatism. But it, again, it's something that was created based on myths that, that that was created by, probably by the guys in this, I don't know when it became a stigmatism, but I know back in the 60s and 70s, men were crude, rude, um, and they would say some horrible, horrible things about women, about men, about gays, about bisexuals and everything else. Um, and kind of reading this book made me realize that it was actually all just myths that's been created throughout fashion. It was, it was more fashionable to say, oh, t- He's a puff. Don't speak to him. He's a gay. He's a puff. And really, it was kind of that myth and that fashion that ruined millions of lives for people who were gay or who, who were bisexual.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I think one of the positives, the positive spin, rather than dwelling on on how horrible we were to each other with the, with the horrible laws to do with rape and, and the ownership of women and also the, the um, persecution, which still goes on today with a lot of... Um, People who are gay. I think um, it's important to, to note how quickly we have gone from point yep. A, where it's really bad, to point B, where it's actually, it's, so it's actually much much being better.
0: pushed onto children nowadays, though. So it's better, it's, it's acceptable and it's better, but it shouldn't be being pushed on such young children. My, my son, who He's very, very young, probably hasn't even considered his friends with girls and boys at school. They've probably never considered having sex. However, they've been taken into classrooms and told by teachers that if you don't feel like you're a boy and you feel like you're a girl, it's fine. It's like he doesn't know if he's a fucking boy or a girl yet. He's not even started getting hairs on his balls. How the fuck is he going to know that until he starts looking at women and thinking, oh, I like the look of you or uh, the same about men. So it's kind of been – he's been taught to him – Maybe it should be something that's brought to their attention, but at an older age, maybe when they're in high school and they start looking.
1: Yeah, I think we will probably figure out the... Um, th- there's a nuance to that, isn't there? Because I think it is, awareness of it is important. Um, I think a lot of this bullying comes from an us and them um, yeah. perspective. And I think if we manage to diminish the level of us and them and be like, well, you know, they're just the same as us. They just have this, you know, different... Uh, sexual orientation or a different uh, gender um expression i think that we'll get there eventually i am a strong believer that we'll get there eventually um and if it happens as
0: quick uh, as it happened with the stigma to fashion like it used to be everybody took the piss out of people it's like yeah you don't want to be gay and nowadays people is like well it's fashionable to be gay so if it goes as fast as that has we'll we'll do it pretty quick
1: yeah and i think I think naturally when something becomes like a big cultural phenomenon, which this has become definitely in the last like 10 years, um, especially, I I think there will be a a bit of a pushback, but I think that sometimes that's good because what you said is, you know, as long as it's not violent or too horrible, as long as it's a considered pushback, because I think there is a, there is an argument that their children, their children need to know certain things, but how much do they they need to know is working out on your own. When, when should you be introduced to that and how much like, are we going to be saying that this is, you know something that everybody feels or are we going to be saying that this is something that um you know a very small percentage of the population feels but that's okay
0: um and 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 again when i was in primary school i remember my mate had a mustache in primary school which is like yeah so he was obviously at that age would have probably been looking at women different than i was because i didn't have a mustache in primary school and so it's it's, it's, i think it's a when and it's it's i guess they'll figure that out um no one on nothing owes you anything you're just a monkey wait there just let me share something <laughs> <laughs> you're just a monkey with a car house job and expectations appreciate it rather than expecting it and we'll get rid of the monkey off the screen
1: oh, um, thanks, mate.
0: And... <laughs> i couldn't believe i caught you do it i was like yes i got a picture of me do that uh artificial instincts built on myths are called culture
1: what do you think yeah yeah, I love this part of the book, actually, about the artificial instincts. I thought that was really cool, um, how uh, culturally we are sort of conditioned um, by these these myths, uh, and it becomes like a, a, a thing. He actually says, in talking about culture, and something I didn't necessarily agree with him on, uh, well, I did agree with him, but I think that there was a limit to it. Um, he says about um, a uh, basically that traveling is... A consumerist, like, is a, is a consumerist desire that we're told. You know, go out and go on holiday. People the in the past weren't. People in the past didn't do that. That wasn't something that really didn't really Can make you sense. Use the like, example in Greek
0: history, you wouldn't have took your wife on holiday if you was having trouble. You'd have gone and bought her a great tomb for when she died. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like that. You used, I thought, okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, yeah like people express that in a different way and he he kind of says that that travelling around and that kind of stuff is is just an expression of um uh, consumerism and, and modern consumerism i can agree to a point but i think to realize um it, so if we want to have our cultures if we don't experience the cultures Of other people because some cultures are extremely powerful and they bleed into others like uh, the american culture for example i've definitely noticed in my lifetime when i was a kid my grandparents would pull me up on that as an americanism you've just said that you sound so american when you say that you know you just using your fork to eat that's such an american thing to do but now um, americanism has really bled into into britain i think the power dynamic has actually changed in that relationship but um i think going to experience other cultures gives you a perspective on your own culture when you can notice stuff like these artificial instincts and be like, yeah, you know what? Why do we think like that? That's so weird. Why is that? When you, Given the power of perspective, why, why do we bother with that stuff? Like when I went to Thailand, I was living in Thailand, I noticed that the, the boys, um, they had long nails as a the boys a lot of the boys that i was teaching had really quite long fingernails and they weren't dirty they were well manicured long fingernails and
0: i'm just looking at mine now see if i have <laughs>
1: no go on that's uh, mine is super short because of jiu-jitsu um the um it, I, I, that's really strange because if you had long fingernails as a boy like growing up in the uk you'd be probably given a bit of a hard time right That's not a social norm that we that we that we do but in in thailand it was a i i asked about it because i was interested i was like are all these kids just playing like classical guitar or something and they need really long fingernails to pluck the strings but no it's actually a it's a it's a status symbol um Flash if you have if you have long fingernails as a boy it shows that you are part of a more of sort of like a bureaucratic class you're not you're not a manual laborer because a manual laborer can't have long fingernails
0: yep yeah, that's where it comes from
1: so not so that's what it was demonstrating, and it ma- y- makes you think. Like, because in British culture, that you would think you would make an assumption on that person's sexuality because of their long fingernails. But and what so the long fingernails? Have?
0: You as, as fat as as being wealthy. I don't know which country it is.
1: Right, right. Um, that. Uh, I know China has like quite interesting thoughts about uh, overweight people they just laugh at fat people all the time it's like fat people are very funny in 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 asia and also fat children i found they were treated so well in my in my schools it was always like oh he's so fat and they'd love it they'd, they'd absolutely love it there they'd say it, well. it. They'd there, like, they'd say it to good. their face you're just so it's fat a
0: compliment not a
1: yeah i just remember i remember one of the kids are playing basketball in hong kong when i was living there they, they love basketball and and um one of the kids, they were cheering him on like crazy. His name was Ian. He was this real little dumpy kid. Um, real sweetheart, but he was he was overweight and everyone used to laugh and like given parts of their lunch and stuff they'd be like oh Ian's so fat so hungry like giving him parts of parts of their lunch to like make him more fat it was such a weird thing because obviously that's not it's really taboo in the uk to bring that kind of stuff up um and i remember him playing basketball and everyone going nuts whenever he got the ball because they just wanted to see him run around with the ball because he was fat (laughs) like (laughs) just not something that we'd consider here and like i was saying about the the nails like we, we we make we'd see that as a comment uh, or as a demonstration of someone's sexuality in in england and it makes you think culturally that myth what do fingernails have to do with sexuality at all yeah. they don't have anything to do Molitor. with sexuality that doesn't make any sense so yeah it's just a really weird like uh yeah cultural myth of uh, it's just not real <laughs> it doesn't exist
0: and that's because somebody built a business out of it because of the way it was marketed remember when i said before cultures are religions and ideologies it's not the, the religion or the ideology that catches on, it's how it's marketed. And long fingernails are marketed to women in, in, mm-hmm. in Western society as you need to go here and spend a fortune on your nails every, I don't fucking know how long it takes for your nails to grow and get done and all that. But it's kind of something that's been, because it was marketed, it, it, it caught on. And it's, it's yeah. how something is marketed, not what something is that makes it common practice. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things I learned from this book is the way that something is marketed, whether it's marketed aggressively or not, or whether it's it's good or bad, makes no difference as to the way it's marketed. It'll catch on if it's marketed correctly. Yeah, it's the same um, with
1: products. You, you, you see that today. He's
0: become one of my favorite sayings. The greatest conqueror of all time is money. Okay. The greatest conqueror of all time. It, 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 it's beat all religions. It's beat all kings, queens, empires. Every single society on the planet, not all the same type, but everybody has some form of money as a medium of exchange. And I think it's the one thing that helped us go from being hunter gatherers to actually being communities is by creating, not just swap, swap, swap and share, because you couldn't do that at scale. Money Mm -hmm. has enabled us to actually come together as, 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 as eventually we'll be a one world, um, a one world nation. I would imagine. And
1: I I know, I think, I I think we are heading towards, yeah, I think we're heading towards a global society. And I think that money and the way that we, the way that money can be so freely exchanged now, as well, is something that, that that comes with that. I think a cashless society is another thing that we're heading towards um, very soon. Yeah, money is like in—it's uh, become people's religion a lot and in a lot of places. Ninety-eight really... percent
0: of what we make comes from America. What, what do you mean? Oh, money as a company. Or... My company. Ninety-eight oh. percent of of all the different things I de- deal with comes from the United States. And that, that, what you just said, how easy it is to trans, transcend. Imagine yeah. us going back to without and, the internet.
1: And that's the other thing, mate. It's like, you, it comes from America, but you're not sending ships over there. It doesn't take like, you know, three months for your galleon full of goods to come back and like gold bars and, you know, how quickly we've managed to go from that kind of economy to being like instant, like hit that, you know, PayPal, come straight into my account. Happy days. Like that's like, I'd teach Czech students. I'm so my I technically have a business where my where my clients are all from the Czech Republic and they're paying me in Czech crowns, but I'm getting paid in pounds. Would you agree that the greatest
0: conqueror of all time is money? Nothing has had a bigger effect on the planet. Farming, but farming wouldn't have spread the way it has without money to pay for whatever it is to create.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of of an opponent to money. Um, but not is that I think I mean, I definitely think it's got to be in the debate, hasn't it? It's got to be probably if, if it isn't the greatest conqueror, it's probably in the top two. Yeah, money, it, it's just exchange, isn't it? it? It's like
0: it's just a medium of exchange, but it's the biggest conqueror of all things.
1: Yeah, it's spread everywhere. To
0: the bottom, man. Right, we are not black, white, brown, orange, or yellow, but instead, a homo, instead, all homo sapiens born in different climates. That we have adapted to so basically what i think what what i was trying to get out when i was reading and i put this note down was that we're all the same every single fucking yeah. one of us no matter what the only thing that makes a difference is that is is people say race but race is only because of where you were born and the climate that you're born into we're and then you put next neanderthals which explains that before that, that we just homo sapiens there was I don't know if this is true, but in the book he explains that there was multiple different types of homos living on the uh, on the planet together. I think one was Homo erectus, one was Homo sapiens, which is us and various different ones. And I think because of logic and because of our language, we were able to kill all them off because if you get in a, a, an out and out fist fight, they near and the thoughts would have kicked the fuck out of us, but it's got to the Probably. point now where we all are the same fucking race. Can you imagine what the world would be like, right? If there was three different types of human being, or not just Homo sapiens, but there was three different types of us that were living, like there was some that had. Yeah. Can you imagine what it'd be like? It'd be fucking. It'd be, no, it?
1: it'd be nuts. But I think the other thing that makes that's really interesting to me, at least, is that there wouldn't necessarily be three separate groups like today. If you look at our genealogy, like where we're from, like I have. Um, DNA from Scandinavia, I have DNA from Russia, I have DNA from Ireland, uh, all of these different places and different people groups and different uh, How races. How do you find that out? Um, I think my uncle did an ancestry online uh, thing so I know that my, uh, my father's side I have, uh, I'm from the highlands of Scotland and I get Scandinavian DNA from that and I have loads of Celtic DNA from that.
0: I would be interested in doing that.
1: And my surname I found out means the Red and it was a nickname originally given to people, um, Roy, meaning red. And I go very red when I'm when I'm hot. I flush really, really red. So it's probably a uh, a nickname. Um, Calum and I'm that's Callum the Red. That's kind of cool. I like that. Um, but they, uh, yeah, we're all basically a melting pot. And I think that that would be the same if we had other. They couldn't be other species because if they were other species and we couldn't breed with them, there is an interbreeding theory where we have Neanderthal DNA. So we probably did. We had viable offspring with with <laughs> Neanderthals at some point. Mutts, yeah.
0: We are all mucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think that's our strength. Actually, I think that's really good. Um, but yeah, Neanderthals were really, nice. are really interesting. Loved them. I, I, we- I'm fascinated by Neanderthals.
0: We've got a few minutes on here, so I'm going to oh, fly. Oh, Jesus, we're, so, we're so close to the end. Forever you have ever learned is a myth taught to you or your ancestors by men who also learned the same myths from earlier men. Um, you can comment about these, but we're not going to go through these in details. Money really okay. does make the world go round, and it could replace religion created through fear with something created through greed. And But well, we just
1: kind of made that. that point.
0: All men are selfish and greedy. I don't give a shit yeah. who are. Everybody's self, uh, self-obsessed, self-obsessed. Maybe we've got so many I mean, notes on this one again if i you think you are taught then they work
1: what? i think it shouldn't the way that we look at like selfish and greedy i don't think we should necessarily that i mean there is a negative spin to that but the the positive spin was not positive but the more sort of benign spin is that we're um scarcity like we have an it, it's an innate thing within us to fear scarcity and we have these sort of primal fears that we can do our best to fight against. But like we heard in the chimp paradox, you can't kill your chimp. The chimp is still there. It's all about controlling how you respond to that. And greed and selfishness is kind of like, almost like original sin, you know? It's, it's one of those things that we we all have and we just have to manage. It's not evil, you know? It, it's just natural. It's nature. It's part of us. Sorry, continue.
0: No, I know I'm trying to rush. I've just messaged saying I'm going to be 15 minutes late. If you trust the myths you, uh, that you are taught, then they work. I've also pulled out gold and silver. Only value is cultural. So historically, we believed it was valuable. And it actually, at some point in time, aluminium or aluminium, I don't know what it was, but like tinfoil that we use was more valuable than gold. Uh, and then they figured yes. out how to make it cheaper.
1: Yeah. And the medieval um, era, silver was like the main exchange of um, currency. Uh, that's why Bohemia, where Prague is in the Czech Republic, was like the center of the medieval um, Western world. It was because they had loads and loads of silver very cool
0: starting next week i'm going to make this podcast so that we can run it through till 2 p.m uh but i do have a meeting that starts in one minute so i'm going to read some of the notes laws are just fictions they're just yeah. shit made up by men and um, that's why if you when we were all um tribal societies they had different laws in different places um in other words don't let them tell you what to do because it's most of it's bullshit that someone's made up to benefit themselves
1: <laughs> yes but conversely rules are important for the game to function kids don't Kids can't play a game with each other without rules. I never followed the rules. Otherwise, the game just... (laughs) Uh,
0: Right. Oh,
1: this was... Go on. Do you want to do something on that empire? No, it's too much. I I can't just talk a little bit about that.
0: See, this one here, language gossip stories. And then it went throughout history. uh, So I think we learned language because we wanted to gossip. And then when we learned to gossip, we started learning to tell stories and stories enabled us to create religion, which enabled us to control society and built nations. So I think everything has come from gossip.
1: So if you yes. gossip
0: and people tell you as a, as, as a, as a, negative, tell them to fuck off. That built the I agree world with the, the gossip
1: month. thing. I think the stories, um, I think the stories, uh part of this. Actually, you can tell a story without language, and um, I think art was probably the first form of, uh, visual art was probably our first form of expression, um, uh, and body language and dance maybe even. So we could story tell with just, you know, a mime tells stories without um, without communicating with language. So I think perhaps religion was even older than than language, but I it would have struggled to spread but I, I think that that's, that's my theory. I don't know if that's true, but music no, as it, well. Stephen, brilliant is. music. Yeah, as well.
0: Um, right, I'm going to pick out a couple of these that I think are, are, are good. Wait there. Where is it gone? Where is it gone? Language, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think this one's important. The rich used to spend. So if you feel, think about ancient um, Rome, the rich used to spend and the poor had nothing. Now the poor spend without thinking and the rich invest. That's mm-hmm. the, I think that's the way the rich and poor have, 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 have changed over the years. Um, yeah. This, I think, is, is a good one as well. Suffering is caused by the behavior of one's own mind, and it comes from wanting shit. Um, yeah, the and the that, reason I put wanting shit is I couldn't think of the word. What's the word? Craving. Thing, it comes from, yeah, yeah craving. I, I want to be thin, you're going to suffer. I want to be rich, you're going to suffer. I want to go out with that really hot bird over there, you're going to suffer. because
1: I want to be happy, you're going to suffer. You can crave emotions Um, too. I want to be in love.
0: There's loads of that shit Um, in there.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes from um, uh, talking about that poor spending. I think the um, people who don't have a lot are inspired to spend like they do by this class of, they're like a semi-rich elite where they're not like running, they're not CEOs, but they are people with a lot of um, expendable income like artists, um, social media influencers and the like. And I think that the, people who don't have a lot of money are inspired to spend like they are part of that class like people with um people on council estates dressing like rappers um yep. i i think that that's where that, that there, there's like a weird like pro consumer class which is just under like the super rich elite that is um uh making people spend 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 all the time which is probably quite good for the economy but it depends whose money uh whose pocket that money is going into
0: I can see one more that I want to share. Is there any on there that you want to share before we call it a day today?
1: Let me check it's been it. Not gone up. Um, nah, hit it. Go for it. Go for yours.
0: So I was going to say the difference between religion and sport is we accept that sport is created by man.
1: Yes, uh, this is something related to uh, the point I made earlier about that like gap in your head for religion. Yep. I think that this is like sports, like They're all belief heavy. systems, though, aren't they? yeah fanaticism in sport and i think that's what um nietzsche meant when he said that god is dead is that we kind of began to as an entire culture realize that god's uh, or religion was actually created by men and that uh, so then you know then we we are interacting with it like it is a sport now it's like the red team and the blue team um it's a bit strange
0: I know. I've just realised all the spelling. The way I've I've wrote that's completely wrong. The difference between religion and sport, it should say, is we accept that sport is created by a man. Whereas I've put the difference between religion and sport is we accept the sport is created by a man. It don't make sense, but it kind of does the way I read it out. It's fine. Did, it keeps spinning. That got me really thinking. It was like, wow, he, 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 I don't know if this is even in the book. It was just kind of something that came into my head. It's like, do you know what? If we look at religion and we look at ideologies and we look at fucking sport and we look at any kind of belief system, they're all the same. The only difference that I could see in my own head was that some we believe are created by mystical powers that don't really exist, which are myths, and some we agree that, all right, it's a man made game. So it's a game. It becomes a game over a religion or an ideology.
1: It's also a group identity and um, sport group identities are are huge. You know, like if you're wearing the same jersey as someone else, there's a a famous um, story, um, Constantinople, the, the city used to belong to the um, eastern roman Empire and um a an earthquake destroyed the walls. The walls had been standing for a thousand years, and an earthquake did, did really bad damage to them and they at the time they were really worried because they um there were a lot of enemies about they were they were um embattled uh, people were going to come and besiege them now their walls had fallen so what the emperor at the time did was um uh, in Constantinople the Hippodrome was the most famous sporting arena and the Hippodrome was where chariot racing took place. Chariot racing was a massive thing. Um, If you want to see the statue from the top of the Hippodrome you can see it in Venice. Um, The Venetians stole it during one of the crusades Um, and um, what the emperor said is we want these walls rebuilt and the most the quickest way he could do it was to say look if you uh, he basically appealed to the chariot racing teams get your supporters to come out and build the walls and I will inscribe the, the name of your chariot team on the walls of Constantinople, which is a massive honor. And um, so all of these people did and they found after the Ottoman Turks destroyed Constantinople and, and changed it into what we know as Istanbul, the uh, parts of the wall have written on them, this part of the wall was built by you know the manchester united of of chariot racing it's still there wow. on the walls to this day yeah so it's sport it, Honestly, and something
0: that that we don't know about is mental and isn't sport
1: it? teams like it's a real the group identity you can you can create some pretty amazing things and some really dark things lots of people have been killed at sporting events for that and yeah dying for a football game is pretty ridiculous
0: Final thought. I'm not going to go through any more of the thingies. Language created gossip, which enabled us to create myths and stories. These stories enabled us to get people to work together in huge numbers and take over the world, destroying all others. Um, I feel that's a good final thought. And then you want to say anything about that before we share what we're going to do next week?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that that is kind of the way that the the book is presenting things and i think in a very basic simplified way i mean on the front of the book it says a brief history of man- Look at that of you humankind.
0: can tell i it says final Thought" instead of thought <laughs> but um, now.
1: um but i think that i think again it's a really simplified basic almost slightly reductionist version of um humanity and i think that is one of the issues with the book actually is that he is a little reductionist with everything he he condenses things to being to being very small and matter of fact and in reality there was a lot more nuance and maybe things aren't quite as black and white as he was saying um but i you know i think it 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 fits it works this kind of definition i think there's a little more to it but um yeah that was my main issue with the book um would you recommend the book
0: definitely yeah me too it's hard to read if you're not totally interested, but the amount it gets you thinking and the shit that it changes in your head is brilliantly. I thought yeah. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. Um, yes, it, it's 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 worth the fucking ten twelve hour read that it takes you mm. to get through it. It's yeah. it's well worth it. It's it's but just it's yeah, awesome. if you're not
1: rushing, I think. If, if you're yeah, not we trying to rush, to...
0: We? we've got a rush next yeah. week as well because we've got another another book just as big this week coming and another one just as big the following week so me and callum are like when we looked at them together because if you look at that one in the background that influence behind callum's head you, you're like oh fucking hell man most people wouldn't want to read that um and and this this next week and the week after we have two more books which are similar sizes but the, the shit that's going to be inside him hopefully is going to be
1: good yeah the de- hopefully the debates we're going to have because of that are going to be pretty wild i'm very excited
0: so if you look in the top right hand corner, there. Yeah, the book will change, and then the book, then the book we're going to do next week is going to show up. So if you want to join us, in fact, let me take that yeah. banner down. I will read it out for everyone week, just
1: listening. Uh, it's called "The Immortality Key: The Secret History of the Religion with No Name" by Brian Murescu. I um,
0: don't know what this is about, but it mentions psychedelics and all that shit in it. So I think it's going to be pretty cool. I don't. It's going to get pretty
1: weird. About. Right, this it's is going to get really awesome. very weird. Lots of religion, lots of psychedelics, lots of uh yeah, weird ancient culture stuff. I'm so excited.
0: psychedelic have you ever had psychedelics like trips and shit like that? The
1: magic uh, mushrooms
0: are fucking brilliant. I swear to God, they're brilliant. But I don't know. Since I've moved to, to Weymouth, I can't take trips and I can't take magic mushrooms and all that because I don't know any drug dealers. Because. Um, I've got kids now, so I won't become <laughs> friends with drug dealers anymore. Whereas back in the day, but would be like, probably we're going to buy us. some trips. There's so much fun. And you just go out <laughs> in the forest late at night on your own tripping. It's fucking amazing.
1: Anyway, yeah, we'll talk about tripping next week. I I'm, I'm, can probably I'm, share I'm sure stories. we will
0: because I'm, I'm sure uh, this is, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, guys, thank you very, very much for joining us. It's been awesome. There's been loads of interaction this week. Yeah, uh, loving it. Thanks, guys. And yeah. Hey, guys, we we did influence a few weeks ago. If you go to thewidebate.com, you can see all the past ones we've done on here. Subscribe to the channel and all that stuff. And we will see you next week for the Immortal Key. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.